You're listening to the Anime Boomers Podcast, hosted by Gator and Spooky Weep Trash. Streamed live on GatorTime.live or YouTube.com slash TheGatorGamer. You can find this episode and others on AnimeBoomers.live or Anchor.fm slash AnimeBoomers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Anime Boomer Podcast. I'm your host, Gator. Uh, that was Vic Mignogna from Anime Matsuri. I think it was 2019. Was it 2019 or was it 2020? I, you know, with the... it, it, it wasn't Matsuri. Okay, it wasn't Matsuri. It was uh, Baba Baba Khan Baba Baba Fest it, Baba Fest Baba Fest. Yes. I feel like I feel like everything after 2019 has become just this one gigantic blur. Like I I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That happened just yesterday. And I look back and it was like fucking three years ago. And I'm just yeah. I, I can feel I can just feel myself fucking aging. You are. You're. That's why we call ourselves the Boomers, right? Because <laughs> we're, we're fucking old. <laughs> we're all getting so fucking old. My bones hurt now and shit. <laughs> Oh mm. my god. Yeah, that was Bubba Fest. What was it? Was it 2020 mm. or was it 2019? 2019. 2019. Jeez. That's also how long the Vic thing's been going on, too. And we still don't. We still don't know. Yeah, see, senor. <laughs> yeah. The, I'll tell you what it is, man. The internet, it just it keeps going and it keeps going at light speed. Just when you think like things are gonna calm down and be normal, they just go completely off the deep end. Mm. Speaking <laughs> of going of off the deep end, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a cold open because we still played the song, but it was definitely an interesting open. Let's go back to the beginning. Hi, everybody. It's Gator. You you all remember me, uh, host of the Anime Boomer podcast, uh, co-host of some shows nobody gives a shit about anymore. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing, Spooky? This is my co-host, Spooky Weep Trash. Uh, gay. Got my Twitter yeeted. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, press F in the chat <laughs> so... for Spooky Web Trash. I also, <laughs> since the last episode, friend. got my Twitter yeeted. Yeah, it's funny how that uh, coincides with each other, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's I, like... since your last episode, got my Twitter reinstated. Ah! Perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> That's right. We all died so John Delarose could live. How are you doing, John? <laughs> I'm great. I'm on Twitter. I'm shit posting, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, you guys should be back on there. I, I wish. Oh, uh, we were kind of too holding soon, out. Too soon. I know. <laughs> we were kind of holding out hope that this Elon Musk thing would go through, and that we would miraculously like all the shit the greatest shit posters on the internet would walk back in and get their twitter accounts back but 
I don't know what well, the hell. I saw Yoba. Yoba made an account like day one when that happened, and he was he's on there. He goes, "I'm back, bitches!" and starts posting, and then yeeted like within an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, everybody got a little too excited about that and kind of jumped the gun. But some people did actually get their accounts back. I was shocked. I I, I appealed right away. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this is my shot. They declined me. And then I appealed again because, like, somebody, somebody said, you have to do it this way. So I, I tried to write whatever they told me to write. I forget. They declined me again. And so at that point, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just appeal every single day until, like, Elon owns this thing and just harass them. Um, and it worked. Like, I mean, like, on my fourth or fifth time of appealing, finally, like, I don't even think they have humans look at it, to be honest. I think it's all an algorithm. Uh, finally, like, they just, like, the algorithm gods gave me the lucky lottery number, and I'm back. That was it. I need to ask you, like, what exactly you put in there and what time you did it? Because I need to try to do it whenever <laughs> you did it with the exact same phrasing. Because somehow you figured I, out the secret sauce to getting a Twitter account unbanned. I think I said, uh, like, something like... I'm just a humble Hispanic author trying to make money for my children, you know, and this is my promotions account. And, you know, I, I've never meant to harm anybody. And if I said anything bad, I, I deeply apologize. Uh, I really just want to sell my books and, and do my thing. I just, I did something like that. Yeah, I don't lead gonna, into Hispanic. I'm literally yeah. just going to copy and paste whatever you just put and put it in there and see if that works. I'm insert minority I'm here and I'm oppressed and getting bullied on the internet. Woe is me. You give me my Twitter back, yes. bitch. I'm an Gun Alabama gator face. and I just want to be free. Yes. We'll just pull just up. Tell them, tell them you're black and gay. That's all. <laughs> Who, what was her name? Uh, the, the crazy lady that tied herself to Twitter headquarters. Oh, Laura Loomer. <laughs> yeah, Laura. We'll oh, pull yes. Laura Loomer. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. That's old lore. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> the yeah, last just... time I heard for about her, did she just run as a senator for Florida or something? A uh, representative down there in Florida and got like obliterated. Isn't she on a bunch of like no fly lists and all that shit too? I don't know. But that wouldn't surprise me. They put a lot of people uh, on the on the no fly list after all the. All the chicanery <laughs> during the election. Mm. You came back to my attention, Gator. Uh, we're, we're kind of like on periphery of like different circles that kind of intersect, but kind of don't like at the same time. And, uh, and you know, we, we talked before on that other show a couple years ago. Um, and like you came to on my radar because I was watching a Patreon only stream by this fellow named Liam Gray in Australia. Oh, yeah. We were, and then, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm watching it, and of course, like that link got out, uh, and Yellow Flash posted it on Twitter. Uh, so it was not Patreon only, like he thought it was. And you're, I'm about 30 minutes into the stream, and the, and the guy goes, "I've got someone in the back, uh, Gata. H Hello, Gata." <laughs> and then you pop on there, and I'm like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I was like, "Why, hello?" Like I, I honestly, I saw I saw the link, and I was just like, I was bored. I think it was like a Saturday. And I was just chilling out on my day off. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk in here and let's just see what happens. <laughs> it was great. I, I can't remember. Um, I asked him about uh, the guy that Flash uh, tweeted about first. Uh, but then I, I actually brought you up because uh, I remembered that that Liam guy had uh, 
I can't remember exactly how he had flagged it, but he flagged one of your one of your Kickstarter projects that was basically just making fun of him. He sent uh, it was an Indiegogo project, yeah. Indiegogo, and so he sent me uh, he sent he sent Indiegogo five DMCA claims about my project, Whoa. and uh, yeah, and it's it's because so what happened over the course of like one I it, the original project was it was a parody of my my own book. So you guys are weeps, so I can explain this and you'll get it. My audience actually didn't get it, and, and it's too bad. So I had a book, Deus Volt, which is like a Conan the Barbarian book, but like with a Christian Crusader instead, right? Um, and so it was pretty badass. And so it was, it was, it was all that high T, strong male leads, you know, anti Hollywood. And so I said, what's the opposite of this? Well, what if I just do like an isekai, like about a girl who goes to the Crusades? Because like all anime shows are about a high school girl gets into X situation, right? Um, and so I was like, I'll just do this because this is what all anime and manga are is just this. And, and so I just did this like direct isekai because mine was such like a Western comic, like then doing an Eastern style comic. I was just doing the direct opposite to be funny. I just loaded it with jokes from comic skate and things like that. And nobody got it. And they're like, why are you making a book about a high school girl, John? It's weird. And I'm like, this is weeb shit. You don't get the weeb shit. But yeah, this is great. A, a high school um, girl in the crusades. <laughs> <laughs> It's very much, I wanted to name it, uh, hi, my name is Reiko, and I'm a high school girl, and I got thrown into 1099 AD into the Crusades. You know, like those uh, light novels end up being, oh, yeah, you know, those titles. It has to be like 20 right? different words. <laughs> <laughs> you either um, have to start it with Indiegogo like a certain. Oh, that's a good one, yes. <laughs> or that time I, right? That time I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do that, but Indiegogo um, had a character limit, so I shortened it to a high school girl on the Crusades. And uh, so that my joke book, making fun of my book, made more money than Liam Gray's like epic Wonder Island project that he's been like hawking for like a year. And so I did a stream laughing at him that like I can put together a 22 page joke book and it'll make more money than his real projects. Um, and he, and he blew a gasket, right. And he started, started threatening me, you know, of course, uh, reporting my YouTube channel. So at that point I'm like, well, fuck you, Liam. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a variant cover that like makes fun of you. And so that's what I did. So I did the variant cover and I have him crying on the variant cover and, and he, he couldn't handle it. He like, he told Indiegogo that like it was his proprietary characters and you know, they were all copyrighted all just bullshit. And uh, by the fifth time, it's just like, they popped me. So it seems like that, that works way too well on Indiegogo. Like, because I've seen that happen before, where somebody will report something like ten to fifteen times, and then finally on the fifteenth time, they just give up and they say, "No, f go fuck yourself, get off our platform." They probably just got a team of like underpaid lawyers who are sitting there, and they're just like, "This is a headache, and this campaign's making like fifteen grand. Like, we don't need this. Like, just just get rid of it. It it doesn't matter." And that th the problem is like they don't care, and there's no way to talk to them or appeal with them. I'm actually like, I filed a like legal arbitration with them because, uh, I, I, you know, I, I like to dig in and, and, and get these companies that do this to me, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Cause I know, um, I, I think one of the things that people know you the most from was, uh, I think it was what Worldcon. I think that was the name of the place, right? Yeah. That was, yeah. They, uh, the, the world science fiction convention, which is the biggest like science fiction writing convention which is smaller than anime Matsuri, incidentally. Um, yeah. And I'm so jealous of you guys uh, to get to go to that. Um, I really, like, everybody's going. But, Save up um, for next year. 
Where, where's it at exactly? Houston. Oh, God. Is that like a ways away from where you're at? Yeah, it's a, Houston's like flyover country, you know? That's exactly what me and Gator had to do. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, I'm in California. Yeah. It fucking hurt our wallets so goddamn bad. Painful. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're Gator. No, 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 I'm not in, I'm not in Bama. I'm in Bama. Oh, okay. y'all. Bama. Yeah. yeah. But Worldcon was, uh, was out here in 2018. They, they actually move it around the world since, since Worldcon. Um, and they banned me, and they put up this big statement on their website, and they're like, he's a racist bully, you know? And uh, so I just sued them for libel. Um, and what's great, it took me three and a half years to do the lawsuit. This is what sucks about lawsuits like this, like in, especially when you're not a celebrity like Vic. Like, people don't care that much. See, so you get a little round of, like, you'll get on, on some shows and things like that, like, when, it, when they ban you. And then, like, you try to fight this lawsuit, and everybody forgets about it, and it's three years later. And I finally won. And I'm just like, I won! And by that point, like, nobody cared. <laughs> so I didn't really get to go around, like, like uh, do too much of a victory lap with it. So um, I actually, like, they, were, they had to pay me uh, for libeling me. They, they were forced to make a public apology. And so I get to go, and the best part of this now is I get to go around, and anytime anybody calls me a racist, I go, I am legally not racist. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's how you really judge, got your Twitter banned. <laughs> a judge has declared this. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how um, uh, Nick, uh, fuck, uh, Ricada, it's too many goddamn Nicks on the internet, um, gets his, he's just like, fuck you, I'm a lawyer. And he just waves that around at Twitter, and he gets all of his stuff. <laughs> it, it, scare, it, it does, it scares these companies, and that's, I mean, they, they all operate out of fear. I mean, the reason they ban you guys over stupid shit is just because they're operating out of fear, too. So it's like, it, you know, it, it, it cuts both ways to some degree. It's just too many mm. people get screwed in the process. Oh, by the way, I, I, I think we should have announced this before, but um, any super chats or whatever you guys give us for this live stream, because we're trying to save up for Matsuri, we'll go directly to uh, the Matsuri fund. So that, that little uh, uh, donation dono. Donos, please. Uh, anything that helps would be much appreciated. Ooh, just gotta put that out there. Yeah, because our wallets are fucking hurting after this one. Uh, oh yeah, especially because of gas prices and stuff like that. Jesus Christ! Thanks, thanks, Biden. Are you driving? God, no, no. it's a airline gas prizes. Oh, the awesome. airlines are bad now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think my ticket got flown in like. Over six hundred dollars, where normally it's only like three hundred to go to Houston. Four hundred, three hundred, yeah. Mm. That's some first class shit right there, Gator. First world problems. This I is wish what you're it trying was to first say. class. <laughs> God. <laughs> I think they're just gonna throw me in a carry-on and just throw me under the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a well, super sorry. chat. That sucks. Uh, Dandy that doesn't 10. suck. Uh, $10 says, Gator, kill your partners and give us channel 83. Kill your partners. Big ups, Liquid Gator. Well, thanks for that, Dandy. Those $10 mm -hmm. will help. Us. $10 closer to uh, financial solvency after after the disaster of spending all that money on the anime convention. I'm gonna anime weeaboo shit. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Also, speaking of Jim, someone brought up in chat. Uh, he gave us a shout out today. So thanks, Jim, for the shout out again. Appreciate yeah. it, bro. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, the end of the month stream and being the only person that's not going to be brought up during it. Well, I don't know. Knock on wood, because I could still fuck up and do something retarded between now and then. You could just like don't spread your asshole. Oh wait, hold on. Shit. <laughs> spread your gate, your gate oozy in front of the whole great gate toosy in front of the whole internet to see. Spread the the pee pee poo oozy. <laughs> <laughs> did you end up on Jim's good side, uh, unlike everybody else? What happened with that? How'd you how'd you get that clout, Gator? What happened? Got that clout. <laughs> Talking about anime and just not being a retard, I guess. I am still a retard, but just not being retarded. Mm. Ugh, knock on wood. Elimination. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's really process of elimination at this point. Try to mostly focus our uh, anime podcast on anime or geek nerdy adjacent things. Yeah. What, what, are, your, what are your favorite animes, my friends? Me? It's uh, Samurai Champloo. Oh, I love that show back when I was a high schooler. Yes. Great stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think everybody knows my favorite anime is Steins Gate. Steins Gate. <laughs> ah. Steins Gate. I'll bring I'll bring back some old uh, shoujo trash. So my favorite is Fushigi Yugi. Oh, wow. I love it. I yeah. have not heard Fushigi Yugi in a long, long time. One of the I'm the only one that brings it back. That's right. Fushigi Yugi, the mysterious play. Yeah, uh, this girl gets transported into another world and a high school girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah high school girls transported into another world, and there's all of these like uh, mystical. They all like dip, represent like the Chinese zodiac, and it's not fruits basket. That's I was going to say, is this fruits basket? It's not yeah. fruits basket. I always have to start with that. It's not fruits basket, but each one of them like represents like a different zodiac animal. Oh, there's a lot of pretty anime boys in this. Yeah, I was going to say you would love it. It, it was it was made for you. <laughs> this hole was made for you, Spooky. I look. I don't always like just like. I don't know. I haven't actually watched a whole lot of shoujo ever since I have been a teenager. Go figure. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've talked to... This one's pretty school. solid. Like, it was... It, it had a good fantasy, like... Uh, like, you know, just sort of, like... Plot of, like, she had to become this, like, mystical priestess or whatever. And uh, and, and then she had to, like, fight an uh, evil priestess and, you know, and, and then try to get back home to her her like real life too so it was it was a, it was a neat little plot i haven't i think the last shoujo i watched well i guess actually it was actually what i read was um i read uh, the tokyo Mew Mew manga read all of it again um not great but uh it'll do <laughs> it's uh it's very aesthetically pleasing, the girls. I like their outfits. And also, there's like a new uh, Tokyo Mew Mew anime that's coming out. Mew Mew? Is it a cat thing? It, it is a cat thing. <laughs> She's a. They're uh, cat girls, I think. Yeah, they're like the oh, all. They're, no. Well, not all of them are cat girls. There's one girl that's uh, short yellow and she's a monkey. Um, I think there's a wolf girl. Um, it's like tall. But they all have like different colors they represent. So, um, yeah, the, I, I haven't really got too much into shoujo manga for a while. Like, I I've just talked googled to... it. It's got a. It's uh, there's a Netflix adaptation. It looks like it's going to be starring Nick Fuentes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, this seems this definitely seems like it would be right up his alley. Uh, do you remember uh, uh, Four Kids actually had a uh, like a dub of Tokyo Mew Mew back in the day? Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it wasn't called Tokyo Mew Mew. It was called something else. Um, fuck, was it called? I can't remember mm-hmm. either, but I remember the. Um, <laughs> It was I bad. Saw this, I saw this on Twitter the other day. Somebody posted the, and now the stars of four kids sing the national anthem. And yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this is this takes me back." Uh, let me see. Have you seen the manga uh, Fryrin Beyond Journey's End? That's that's my favorite thing I'm reading lately. I actually Super haven't read that one yet. It was Mew Mew well, Power it's... apparently. Yeah, Mew Mew Power. Yeah. I'm trying to get yeah, off I... the cat girl topic. I don't know. Yeah, we might attract the Reapers. We can't talk about our uh... <laughs> Maho Shoujo. Yeah, Maho Shoujo is pretty good too. A deconstruction, if you will. Started the whole three episode anime series where it's like you got to watch the first three episodes or else you... how can you know if it's trash? But I don't agree with that at all. You can easily tell something's trash within the first episode. The first, like, 15 minutes, I would say you could tell something is trash. Well, I would say there's some series that it takes a while for them to get going, but then when they, like, hit that climax, you're like, oh, shit. Um, I think for a lot of people, Steinsgate tends to be that way uh, because they think it's going to be, like, slice of life, like, silly uh, at the very beginning, but then you get to, like, fucking episode five, and it's just like, oh, 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 shit. Yeah. I found that happens actually with a lot of anime. Like, I, I actually have a little more tolerance for, like, waiting to see, like, where it actually ends up than Western shows. Because I feel like the first episode setups usually aren't what the series ends up being about. Like, you know, if that makes sense. Like, I, I find that by, it's about that third episode where I'm just, like, make or break, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so speaking of Steinsgate, uh, chat, you'll be happy. I recently watched it and I really liked it. Um, go figure. So everyone else says it's really good. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, it's, oh, it is really good. So I'm trying to get through zero right now. You know who didn't like it? Easy peasy said he fucking hated it. Well, that's yeah. just like his opinion. But then again, he also <laughs> like he, he watches trash. He watches trash and loves it. Because it's trash. <laughs> so, I mean, your mileage may vary. I, I would disagree. This <laughs> game is a masterpiece. Oh, God. Oh, we got a dono here. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, Dean Domino 25 for 1999 said, Here's some for the Matsuri fun. Also, remember you talking about Roka of the Six Braves on an earlier podcast? First half was hype, but second half meandered too long and should have been cut down. Disappointed. I can't remember who brought up uh, Roka of the Six Braves because that was one that was on my list that I forgot to write down, but I've been I've been meaning to watch that one. Mm. Yeah, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yeah, that's another one that Jim it's like a big favorite of his that he always recommends us to watch. I haven't gotten around to watching that. Oh, God. Legend of the Galactic Heroes is great. I was trying to uh, on the previous show that I co-hosted, we had a little uh, we had a little anime uh, segment bonus episode thing where we would watch it where where i would take my my nice my nice great taste and and try desperately to get a a fat retard to understand and appreciate the the finer things in life and 
you know, was unable to do so. But Legend of Galactic Heroes uh, was one of those series. And I was I was disappointed that we never continued that because we stopped at the good part. Got to like episode three and that was it. I was like, no, come on. (laughs) So let's uh, let's bring it back to comic skit because John, I didn't know who you were before. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm um, sorry. Comics is my fault, everybody, and I, I just wanted to apologize okay. to everybody. We can we can yeah, deconstruct it. So I know a little bit of com- about comics just because I did like a whole Zoe Quinn deep dive um, and her involvement with it, and that one fucking weird guy. I'm brain farting. The guy who spread his his butthole. In front of oh, God and uh, everybody. Robbie Rodriguez, that's right. Yes, yes. yes. So <laughs> there's I a know. lot of those going around. And there, there's a lot of buttholes going around, everybody. Need Be that, careful out there. I need that clout, man. I've got to spread butthole for clout, man. <laughs> um, Oh, his butthole looked atrocious, though. It was, like, all, like, pimply and stuff. Like, it looked like he was covered in hemorrhoids. It was fucking... It's like this weird... <laughs> unsee it. Oh, God. It was like really a disgustingly like, gray color too. It was like, how does someone butthole Robbie look- Rectum? <laughs> Robbie Rotten. Oh, no, no, no. Don't don't put that don't put that evil on Robbie Rotten. Jesus. Colin Clout. Oh my god. <laughs> Here's a little lesson in trickery. Oh fuck. Okay. But anyway, so uh, go. Uh, you probably have told the story quite a few times, but I want to hear it. So, what what is your involvement with Comicscape? What got you involved uh, with that? I unfortunately started it, um, and this doesn't. It, it gets lost in the lore a lot because it really changed a lot when the, when Ethan Van Skyver came on the scene because he he came over from DC Comics. He had that like rock star, big dick, celebrity swag, and he just kind of just like showed up and. Uh, and he just in the and then Comicsgate kind of became his thing when he when he hopped on the scene. But before that, it was like it was tw- back to 2017, my friends. Remember remember those days we had we had just fought the Great Meme War of 2016. We just had vanquished the evil witch Hillary Clinton uh, off to obscurity forever, and uh, the world had changed. And we all were laughing. And then you know, of course, we in the arts we were getting banned everywhere because. These these assholes had such uh, sometimes literally assholes like Robert Rodriguez, yeah, uh, would uh, would have Trump derangement at all these companies, and they just would make sure we were on a blacklist. And there, there's a full Comicsgate blacklist from back then. People who could never be hired into the industry, and I'm I'm on it proudly. Um, and uh, the world really just became this like nasty place of these. Uh, they they just determined we were all Nazis, as you might recall. <laughs> literal nazis now it's pedophiles yes. everybody's gets called a pedophile everybody's nowadays. a pedophile yes everybody um, <laughs> but so that that was the environment back then and i i started i was doing journalism and i was like not i was trying not to do the youtube game and i regret this uh big time because uh it turns out the youtube game's how you get popular and make money um so <laughs> very my true. bad but I was actually, I was trying to do like articles and stuff like that and like be classy. Right. But I found out quickly that when you write articles, even if you're like in a publication, like I, my, my article on Marvel comics at the time, got I think four or 5 million views, like 
that's a lot, you know. The problem is like four or five million views of an article on the Federalist, which is where I was writing, is like they don't come and then look up who John De La Rose is and then come support his comic books. Like these are political people who just read the Federalist and then you don't get anything out of that pretty much. It was very bizarre. Uh, but that's how it works in politics. So I took the wrong route and I was doing that. And I wrote up Marvel Comics at the time because I, I did some research and I found out that every single writer at Marvel Comics who was writing monthly books was a Trump deranged asshole who just hated Republicans, right wing Christians, wh- whatever. There wasn't even one who was silent or off of Twitter. They were all on Twitter and they were all with the same lockstep political message just going crazy. And this translated in their comic books. They started doing stupid shit like making Iceman gay and, uh, of course, like replacing Iron Man with a young black girl. You know, it's just like it, it was now it getting was her own uh, Disney Plus series. Yes. Oh, I know. God. Subscribe to Disney Plus for seven ninety nine a month, everybody. You can uh, watch your black it. girl Iron Man show. Uh, unless you have kids, <laughs> like, I don't think Disney Plus is worth it. <laughs> Like it just isn't. Yeah, I I do have kids, and so I, I I know you know Gina Carano, whatever, you know boycott Disney, but uh, like I I do have like an eight year old, and like you know they like to watch the little kitty shows, and they're there, so that's that's the deal. Oh well, uh, they'll grow up eventually, and then I don't have to. As soon as they do, I don't have to have Disney Plus anymore. But that was all going on, and your boy Zach, the the diversity and comics channel at that time was kind of starting to take off. He was at about he was at about three thousand subs back then, and uh, I thought that was a big deal back then. <laughs> That's I'm like, wow, three thousand subs. Um, I mean, it kind of was, kind of was back then. <laughs> it kind of was, was. It was tough getting yeah. getting views and attention back then. It was different, and uh, he was making reviews of these shitty comic books from his car. And uh, and putting these people on blast, and it was awesome. And so I wrote my Federalist article that was going out, and this was all starting to coalesce that year in 2017. And uh, we all started just kind of criticizing the mainstream a bit more at that point. And it, it became like it became the culture war. It really did. And there were a few others in there. I think uh, Comics Division was one of them. He's he's on Friday Night Tights now. Um, Gosh, who else was was doing it back then? Englantine, I love comics. His channel kind of died. Uh, Weaponized Nerd Rage. You remember Weaponized Nerd Rage? Holy shit! These are names I don't think about very often. But uh, you know, there were a bunch of us actually You're like unlocking kind of going core out there memories to do that. here. <laughs> Holy shit! And toward the end of the summer, like the diversity in comics was getting bigger and bigger and bigger over the course of this. And toward the end of the summer, um, he announced he was going to go to New York Comic Con and go hang out. Not as a guest, of course, because they they'd never have one of us as a guest. But uh, just to go and hang out, because he's just a comic book guy. He just wanted to get his book signed and things like that. And um, I uh, w- got into a Facebook group of comic professionals. And I don't know how I got into it. I, you know, I made a few comics back then, but I really hadn't had much to my name at that point. And I found in there, like a bunch of people at Marvel and DC saw that your boy Zach was going to New York Comic Con. And they started a thread about it and about what they were going to do about it, of course, right? It's like, you can't just leave a guy fucking alone to just be a con. No, these are SJWs. So, like, a bunch of them, it was like B. Clay Moore and um, uh, Taylor Esposito, who's, who's a letterer for all the big comic book companies. and. Um, there was a gal too, and I, I, I 
somebody told me her name the other day when I told this story, and I, I don't remember it again, but Marvel, Marvel DC pros. And they were like, we got to stop him. We got to make sure he gets banned or something. And they're like, how are we going to do that? They're like, well, he's a veteran. Maybe he has PTSD and we can, we can trigger him into like throwing a punch at one of us. I'm dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked yeah. up. That's what I said when I saw it. <laughs> so, um, I actually, I screenshotted it and, uh, do you remember Periscope on Twitter? Oh God, I yes, think... I do remember that. <laughs> I think it's still probably a thing, but. Uh, the only time I see people use it are people who use like like multi streaming platforms or just like oh in yeah. case you want to watch it on Twitter but that's about it. Yeah, no, nobody uses it. And uh, there were two big. The who used it? Back? It was uh, Scott Adams used it all the time. Boom, 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 boom. Simultaneously sip our coffee. Remember, <laughs> remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, I have this up on the screen. The yeah. it's the Marvel milkshake crew. I'm sure you remember this one. There it is. This was this was during that time when she was getting big. Um, so I went on Periscope with this screenshot and I blew it up and I started talking about how they're trying to harass this guy out of the convention and conspiring to get him banned, conspiring to get him to assault people. I mean, it's fucking nuts if you think about it. And that that got like twenty thousand views on Periscope like immediately overnight. And then I sent it to Megan Fox, who's not the actress but the writer, and she's at PJ Media. And I said, Megan, this is huge. You need to blow this up in a story because like the whole comic industry is like, cause this guy's reviewing these, their comic books and they don't like it. These little, these little, these little bitches right here. Uh, <laughs> little bitches. These little blonde bitches <laughs> yeah. over here. Fuck them. Um, they, they're conspiring against him like this. This is huge. Like why would an industry do this to a person who's reviewing comic books? I mean, it, yeah, they're negative reviews, but like, you know, you're supposed to be professionals. Um, so she wrote it up for PJ media and put it out there and that blew up also, of course, cause all this, all these Marvel news is always blow up. And, uh, what we did to get the, my video out on Periscope and to get her article out was we were like, well, we need a hashtag cause it, that's the hashtag thing was kind of manipulable at that time is pre Twitter locking down everything. Um, and so we used hashtag comicscape for it. And because he had his YouTube cloud and because like now we had like conservative media publishing articles about it, I had my Periscope. Uh, and, and so we blasted that out and the hashtag Comicscape went viral. Uh, it picked up steam and people started just like kind of coalescing around that hashtag with this story about your boy Zach. And it, it, that's, that's where the real hashtag was born that kind of continued on forever. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> well, we've had some turbulent years. Um, <laughs> and there, were, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of drama in like 2018, 2019, 2020. And uh, there was this group that coalesced around Ethan Van Skyver, not, not Ralph. Uh, and, and they were gay as shit. Um, and they called themselves War Campaign. And what they did is they LARPed that they were like Roman centurions and that Ethan Van Skyver was like their Emperor Caesar. And so they would, they would sit there and they, you know, I'm, I'm just, they go into chat. I, it's so gay. Yeah. <laughs> and so they would go around. fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. And actually like I, I found out later that they've, they've since been like Ethan kicked them to the curb a couple of years ago. Cause there's, there's so, there's such, um, but 
they uh i mean they literally were like the the guy who was the head of it actually in like they'd have like tiers and secret discords that you could only get into if you were like x rank of uh, you know it's it was really the dumbest thing you could imagine over comic books right um this and sounds they, a lot uh, like they, some YouTuber <laughs> drama that I recall going on in 2017. Right? Yeah. Funny how uh, history, yeah, history tends to repeat itself. itself all the fucking time with this gay internet itself, drama. It does always yes. rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just, the head of it, this guy, his name's Ro Kabir, and um, in order to get into their top echelon of whatever it was, you actually had to send him your dick pic. That's how gay <laughs> <What>? it was. <laughs> And people actually did it. What? And, yeah. <laughs> it's actual homosexual ops. Oh my god! It's, I, it was for real. I and I couldn't believe it. So, but like nobody knew this was going on behind the scenes. So like Ethan just thought these were just fans who were super enthusiastic, were buying his work. So he's just he doesn't know what's going on, right? And, uh, and so they're running all these little ops and like, you know, what happened is eventually they ran out of SJW enemies to kind of who were, cause they, they'll just get blocked at, at some point and, and then they get chain blocked. Right. <laughs> um, and so they started kind of turning inward on different comic skate people. And I was kind of one of the first of this cause I'm, uh, I'm friends with Vox day, uh, who's been around since the gamer gate days. If you guys remember. Um, sometimes not popular, sometimes, sometimes, I mean, it depends on who you're with. Fox Day, that sounds, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Who was that again? Do you remember, Um, uh, Mount Gamergate, uh, that we, that we showed Jim (laughs) on, on the the street? Yeah, that, Fox Day was the guy that made Mount Gamergate, yeah. The the savior of the white race, or no, or the Western, Western, uh, Western, yes. Western world, yeah, okay, yeah, the savior of the West, yeah, the fucking, oh, oh my god. So he's my buddy, um, <laughs> and uh, it's his fault. He's actually doing he's doing really well. Um, he's just kind of off in his own corner. What he does is he actually makes he like puts together leather bound books of like the classics, like so like uh, Dante's Inferno and like uh, Aristotle's Rhetoric, and, and he's selling leather bound books like uh, you know premium, nice, super nice leather bound books like like this. And he's making a killing doing it right now, but. I mean, it's kind of that kind of is Western civilization stuff. So, you know, God bless him. Um, but at the time he was making, he got into comics because this was the hot topic. And um, War Campaign kind of saw him as a threat to Comicsgate. Like, he's trying to usurp Comicsgate from our Caesar Ethan. Um, it, like, so they went at him. And since he's not really, he's banned from everything. Oh, right. You know, uh, you know, that shit. So he's not on Twitter, not on YouTube. So they have no way to go at him. Well, they know I'm friends with them, so they so they went at me, and they started going around uh, like everywhere I'd go, bl- blasting out that I'm alt right and that I'm a racist and all this shit, right? And so they, what that do is scare off a lot of the normal people in Comicsgate, like Ethan and some of the people who came from Marvel and DC, because they don't want to be they don't want to be labeled that, right? And so it's like so they they intentionally did that to me to scare me off. They did it to some other people, and they like. They branded, and I, I'm sitting there at the time going, like, I'm being branded as, like, too right-wing? Like, what What the fuck? Like, I thought that's what we were we were fighting against, these assholes, all branding us all as too right-wing. But, like, in 2017, like, they still could run with that narrative that, like, if we're, if we're only, like, the good conservatives, like, they, we, we don't want to, like, 
actually give them any ammo, right? Um, people still kind of thought that way. Now, now we don't care. Nobody cares anymore, and it's all like it's it's war, right? But back then, you could do that, and they did. It's like the picture of <laughs> Gohan, where it's just like you know, cells punching. Yes. He's like, "You're racist," and Gohan's like, "I know." Yes. <laughs> now it's like great, cool. It's a, it's a, it's free free advertising. Um, but but it sucked at the time, so I, I got kind of ostracized from that, and some you know, in, in it bifurcated and factioned. And like, you know, everybody was going at each other from like 2018 to 2020. Uh, that sounds until familiar. that fateful day, until that fateful day of January the 6th. Oh. Yes. Wait, oh, you're no. also a federal agent too? <laughs> were you? January 6th, come on, tell me. Uh, I was uh, at my house and I was watching the kill stream. I, oh, I mean the other stream. Um, and I, I was, I was watching. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was watching Baked Alaska, like taking selfies, like in the Capitol, <laughs> laughing my ass off, going, "What a fucking! This is so dumb." Uh, <laughs> what a fucking and, uh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and there, there was the guy who was like dressed up like that, like barbarian or what? Remember that guy? That guy. Like, I mean, it was just—it it was a bunch of—it was just a bunch of like like losers, <laughs> and. Uh, and boomers. There were tons of boomers in there too. You got to remember. God and they bless let him, the guys that grabbed the uh, the speaker's podium and did the wave because some of the greatest fucking that memes was came best. out of that. I was laughing my ass off this whole time, and then and then like I'm laughing. And then a few days later, it's like this is an insurrection, and they and they're flipping out, and I'm like, wait a minute, like you're acting like like baked Alaska is like a real terrorist and threat to democracy, like. It's baked Alaska. <laughs> He's only a threat to Jewish yeah. monuments and bouncers. <laughs> He's only a threat to himself. You know? yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm just dying, and I'm I'm watching this, and I'm not taking it seriously because the media is doing it at first, and then and then they're really like leaning into it. I'm like, oh my god, they're they're really trying to act like the right is some like insurrectionist terrorist movement or something like that. And they're going to come for us all. So Ethan Van Skyver and I hop on the phone at that point, and we're both on, we're both like a little rattled by the way the media is going at this. And we're like, dude, like we can't afford to be fighting each other. Like we're making comic books, and one we're against Disney and Warner Brothers and like Marvel and all that. I'm like that that's an uphill battle by itself. Now now we've got these people like they want us dead. They literally want to like we're just you know. We voted for Trump and we're making comic books. Like, we're not threatening people, but they want us dead like we're enemy combatants. It's nuts. And we, you know, there's just no room for uh, any sort of like division at all anymore. And so at that point, we're like, you know what? We're just going to help each other out. We're going to get back together. Uh, we're just going to, we're, we're going to be business like, uh, cheer each other on. Uh, any any dollar that goes away, you know, we don't, we don't you know, we're, at first we we're like, well, we don't really have to like each other or anything. Now we're now now Ethan's one of my tight friends, so it's like it's it's interesting how this all works. But uh, like, we just gotta we gotta just gotta build this together and and really build something uh, to go against this, and it's been working. It's been fantastic, and uh, I, I like I like having a positive movement that's like coalescing together and not dividing like this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for. You know, your your corner of the internet's not on that page yet. But <laughs> oh God, no! I don't no. know if it ever will be. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I, I but, think it's uh, going to be all gay wars with each other all the way down from the top <laughs> on down. It's going down. 
Oh no. <laughs> Begun the gay wars have. The tree branch of autism <laughs> and infighting. Yeah. It sucks. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've watched it and like, I'm very happy to have this like pretty unified movement together where we are like really trucking along together. It, it, it does feel nice. And uh, I just got to like, I, I know you don't really have any control over it, but if there's a way that uh, the Gamergate bros can get out of it and like, work together and like fight the real enemy honestly you know i think we'd all be better for it you know i don't know there's I my that ship is kind of sailed there i know, I know. <laughs> we need to have a gamergate 2.0 yeah. oh sorry three point um four three point four um at five. least six we've, more gamergates we've got to get tucker carlson <laughs> to say gamergate on tucker carlson's show <laughs> yes gamergate 3 that's gamergate 3.0 sargon wasn't thinking oh 20 god. years enough oh my god what happened to sargon is he still around i haven't heard his name in a long time yeah, sargon actually had a huge glow up actually if you could believe it really Ever yeah he looks like he he keeps really good care of himself he's fit and he he has his uh locus eaters podcast and he makes money off of that he has like a whole like team of people so he quit politics now he just does like a podcast well, good for him huh. yeah it's crazy where are if they I now find a, if i could find a current uh current picture of sargon now oh, here's one let's see let's see let me, let me bring this up here I actually missed like real Gamergate, like the original. Um, I was still kind of just like hanging out like in Normie world, not knowing what's going on. And like my first finding out that Gamergate existed was not from online because I really wasn't in any online groups at that time. Like I don't, it was like Felicia Day came out with like her autobiography or some shit. And somebody got it for me because I, I liked that Guild show. Do you remember the Guild show? I have no idea. I don't actually. Oh, well, she had a little like online web show and it was like her playing World of Warcraft only not. And like she had a little romance with somebody in the guild and like, you know, it was just a bunch of nerds and they ended up getting together and hanging out and, you know, yeah, mild, mildly funny comedy with it. And so I, I really enjoyed that because I was a big World of Warcraft guy uh, back then. And then, like, she came out with her autobiography, and she's just like, and then Gamergate happened. And, like, I was stalked. I had to, like, not live in my house and hide because these people were going to kill me, literally. Oh, and, it just uh, sounds like Zoe yeah. Gwynn's book. I, yeah, I read it was exactly that as well. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? Um, but I didn't think anything of it. I just, I just thought, like, well, she's, she's a girl, and she's online, and... There, oh my god, know, I just remembered who the fuck you're talking about. The the red yeah, Dr. Horrible Sandalong blog. That's her. Oh yes. my god, core memory unlocked yes. again. Holy shit. You have to pull her up for me. I don't I don't know who you're talking I forgot about. Dr. Horrible Sing-Along blog. I fucking loved that back in the day, too. Here, that I'll was bring funny. a picture of her up and you'll you'll immediately remember who I'm I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my god. Alicia Day, is that who that is? Yeah. yeah, Felicia Day. Who oh yeah, I know who Felicia Day is. She's from yeah, Alabama. Just, that was my first. Uh, yeah, that was my first cousin. like hearing about Gamergate. Yeah, she's my other cousin. <laughs> Everyone that's that from the South is related to me. <laughs> but she pulled that grift too. They all. They all did. Yeah. 
and uh, and then she teamed up with Will Wheaton. Like they they have like a I, I don't know if they still have it. They have this like tabletop gaming show or something. It was one of their early ones, and like yeah, Will Wheaton, God, yeah. who hasn't been blocked by Will Wheaton uh, on Twitter? <laughs> well, he, he's been off Twitter for a while, but oh, good, he's those fucking good spastic. <laughs> those were the good old days. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that, that's who just... else was the other person that liked to block people a lot? That was part of the um, um, atheist community on YouTube. The skeptic, not the skeptics. Um, the skeptics is that they like to make fun of. Yeah, who was he? But he blocks people all the time. But he makes his whole personality how uh, you know how not religious he is because that's like super cool or something. Oh, I forget his name. He wore like a baseball cap all the time. Had like a neck beard. Uh, Steve I know that Shives. Part. Steve Shives. Steve Shives. Yeah. I like associate. I'm not familiar with them. Uh. Um, so like uh, I the the skeptic community came from the atheist community, right? And they were from like the doing infighting because it was the whole thing where it was like, oh, we need atheism to plus. we need yeah. to get rid of of, uh, of 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 a machismo in the atheism community and anti-feminine. We need to be more feminist and. and and woke in the atheism community. So atheism plus happened, and that's pretty much what led to the creation of the skeptics. Awful. Yeah. Sounds like diarrhea. Yeah, it reminded me of Steve Shives, because those two are kind of interchangeable in my mind. Will Wheaton and Steve Shives, because they probably blocked the same amount of people on Twitter. (laughs) He blocked me for going, Shut up, Wesley! (laughs) <laughs> the best. Hmm. Uh, I got blocked by William Shatner, and I don't know why. Really? You see William Shatner and Red Letter Media getting into it? Like, what was it? Like a few months yeah. ago? That was yeah. That was interesting. I forget exactly what happened. Do you remember Gator? Uh no, I don't. But I'm about to look that up again because I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, they got into it. Oh, uh, another thing we should bring up. Um, how do you feel about NFTs, John? I think they're a fucking grift. <laughs> well, do we have an NFT for you? You said you liked isekais, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So imagine an isekai, but an NFT. Oh, God, I know where you're going with this. Okay. <laughs> well, up, Gator, come on, let's say it. <laughs> oh, God. I have to go dig through that fucking link now. What was it? Isekai. No, I'm getting Isekai Quartet when I type in Isekai. Uh, what was it fucking called? Isekai Island or whatever? Yeah, Isekai Island. That's it. Oh, oh my god. Jesus. This looks fucking sounds, garbage. I'm, I'm gonna put it on. Sounds like a here. bad rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, hold on. Let me. I'll just. I'm not gonna play the video because I don't know if they're like like copyright. I I don't think it is honestly. Like these people are not artists. They don't care about their copyright. I I think that you could play most of it and be fine. It's, I really doubt this it. This is this is really really fucking bad. I'm just gonna go ahead and warn everybody. This is this is really fucking bad. But apparently this is like a an NFT thing. And it's like, oh, you, you do this and you get a character in the show. And I'm like, I already hate this. I already hate this with every fiber of my being. Here you go. This is this is this is Isekai Island. (laughs) 
It looks so bad. It, it's been out for like two, or no, three months, I think. And it only has 7K views. I hate I am Princess Sukuna, the rightful ruler of Sakai oh. Island. Sakai? I am Lady Akia Manto, and you will not win today. Oh, this animation's so bad. Oh, wait, it gets worse. I am Lady Fu. Is that a tranny? <laughs> Probably. Safe to assume. Just if you have to question her fucking it. Arms. I see the bulge. She's got a bulge. <laughs> oh, no. Lady Fuya, what is that disgusting thing in the bottom left corner there? Oh, Jesus Christ. What, Cri what uh -oh. the fuck is that? I'm scared of it, guys. Oh, it's like, uh, a, it's like a 3D render test. Oh, dear God. I hate is this it. A, is this a VTuber? Uh oh. Oh. It's uh, cancer, whatever it is. Oh, look at that. Look at the disclaimer. Does not offer any investment to fight. Obviously. Who the fuck's investing their fucking good coin into Isekai Island? Who looks at wait, this wait, product? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, so this whole thing is just a trailer, so you buy NFTs of these characters? Yes. yes. Oh, God. Yes, it is that retarded, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> like, this is, this is why, like, I started out liking them, because I enjoyed when Stone Toss made, like, what, $2 million? I thought it was hilarious, because so many people got mad about that. But ever since then, it's just been one disappointing thing after another. And now, this. Isekai Island. Yeah. Oh my god. Nice. Cringe. Nice. Fucking <laughs> 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 comments. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's uh, pretty bad. <laughs> I was worried there for a minute because um, there was a tweet by Vic uh, where he was like in a voice like a character in one of these like NFT things. And then he was like, actually, I I'm not actually going to do that, but I wish them well or whatever. I was scared that he was like actually going to like shill the NFTs, but he didn't. And I was like, thank God. I think Vic has the problem of uh, being old and not understanding the internet. And uh, I think that's probably how he got involved more than likely. He probably didn't quite understand it. He probably well, got paid told. Gig. Yeah, well, it's a paid right? gig, but it's also like all these people. I mean, I'm sure you know, John, all these people that work in that kind of um, industry, like, uh, they're like, oh, this is like the new big thing that's going to give you, like, look at this influencer person. It's such a huge cash grab. We got to get on this NFT thing. And, it, like, you know, fake not knowing any better. So I'm like, okay. And then he um, had people on Twitter say, hey, you know, Vic, this whole NFT thing's kind of a sketchy thing. You probably shouldn't attach your um They probably offered to, to pay him in NFTs. They were probably like, so you probably yeah. like, oh, it's a paid gig. And he's like, okay, I'm in. And then they're like, hey, we're going to pay you in NFTs, but it's a future investment. And he's like, uh. as a boomer, he's like, I, I really don't understand the value of this because there is none. And uh, that probably, probably solved that for him. NFTs wouldn't be um, as bad if, like, they ninety nine percent of them were ugly as shit, and they were just made some like by some fiber Indian person that they hired really cheaply to make these like quick, <laughs> quick pieces of art. Like, if it was like a legit like, if they commissioned an artist to make 
very specific pieces of art that you could only acquire through the blockchain, but they're all commission-based, I could understand the appeal, but no. It's like a fiber artist, shitty pieces of art, quickly made. It's it's slow effort, and yeah, it's just sketchy. <sighs> Yeah, I've never like like Six said. The only one that I really liked was the Stone Toss one, and that's just because it made people mad. It made mm. the correct people mad, and I thought that was funny. Um. Also, uh, do you want to catch up with super chats? Yeah, let's go ahead and let's take a super chat break here. Uh, we got Dean Domino twenty five for four ninety nine said the only real Ironheart I recognize is the Japanese one. All right, there you go. Uh, Dean Domino also sent another 499 super chat and said, "Remember, if you want to work in mainstream comics, you have to sign a document promising not to struggle snuggle your coworkers. I guess if you, uh, I guess if you do, you can just go work for Activision." <laughs> Dean Domino for 499. Oh no, uh, I already read that one. Uh, Sanctuary for 199 said, "Will Flamenco survive his canceling?" I don't know, Spooky. What do you think? I think I think uh, Flam. I know you're watching this. You should listen to the people that care about you, instead of the people that want to cancel you. So that's uh that's my two cents on that. Yeah, we gave we gave we gave the uh, the copper popper some really good advice like months ago, and I, you know, you, you should listen to us, buddy. <laughs> you should listen to us. Listen, you should listen to us now. We still like Flam. He's still welcome on anime boomers, but yeah. All right. <laughs> What happened there exactly? I, I don't. I don't mean to stir up shit between you guys. Uh, but I, I know he was getting canceled, and I've talked to Flam like like three or four times, and always had a pleasant experience with the fellow. That's my only thing I know about him. Pretty much, I, I enjoyed my conversations with him. But why is he getting canceled? So essentially, he fell for bait. There was um, uh, it was uh, this guy named Salvo Pancakes, who's a troll. Then like the commentary community. Uh, first, he went after Nicholas oh, Diorio. Yes. So first, he went after Nicholas Diorio because Nicholas Diorio is a um, uh, pussy, um, to put it lightly. Um, and he blocks people all the time. And then he went after Flam, trying to troll him by calling him, like, he, he commissioned a guy to make a song calling him a pedophile. And I understand why he got mad. He just handled, he just fell for a troll and he spurred out. And, uh, People are ridiculing him now because they're like, okay, this is how we can get on Flam's nerves, essentially. So, um, the, the, the TLDR of that is uh, how Flam reacted to the situation. And anytime there was a situation happening, we, I, I mean, it's like, hey, Flam, you can reach out to us, vent to us, get mad at us. All you want, don't, uh, just don't give the fucking reaction to these people or else you'll become their yeah, Don't content. get mad at the internet. You never want so, to get mad at the internet. Yeah, so now he's these people content. <laughs> so so yeah. we still like Flam. He's still invited. It's just like next time Flam, just don't Don't be retarded. Don't, don't be act retarded. retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think I think he knows now. I think he knows now that you know, at a certain point you just gotta be like, okay, back to the drawing board. Let's 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 do something different. <laughs> let's try a different uh -huh. tactic here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's essentially what happened. He just got he yeah. got bait posted into into raging out and looks looked like a retard. And that was basically it. <laughs> again a reoccurring thing on the internet. <laughs> I mean, hey, everybody's everybody's been there. 
Um, everybody's uh, overreacted to something. I've been story. there. I definitely have. And that, yeah. I, I, th- I like to think that like when you go through it, like the, those war campaign guys, I played it down a little bit, but I mean, I, 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 you know, I reacted very bad to them and that's why they, you know, had their power over me is what it comes down to. Right. And when you learn from that, like I, I've got a much tougher skin now because I've gone through that and gone through having a lot of that cancellation gone. So I think it's a, uh, you know, it, it can be a net positive at the end of the day, like, because you end up giving less fucks. And when you give less fucks, you'll be funnier on the internet. And that's what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of has to go through that baptism of fire before they can just get to the point where they're just like, yeah, everything on the internet is like, whose line is it anyway? Everything is fake and gay and the points don't matter. So just have fun with it and don't take anything seriously. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's the way you got You got to do it. You know, somebody, somebody says, you know, you know, you're fat. And you just say, hell yeah. That's pretty much all you do. You just laugh at yourself and I, don't. Block I call Gator them. fat just to get him to try to work out more. And it's been working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, a, I get a message every morning. It's just like, hey, fatty. It's like, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. And I'm, like looking, I'm like looking at that box of donuts. I ate, And I'm just like, hmm, she's right. Uh, but yeah, that's how you handle it. Um, what was the next super chat? Oh yeah, this is uh from Sanctuary Project for four ninety nine says in North Carolina we help down and out trolls. We give a home to the legendary uh, Victoria. This is a name. I don't know if that's a. Uh, do you know the? Uh, the Vi- it's the Vicky verse. So you know, you know that Vicky chick has been going at Flash. Oh, oh yeah. Vicky, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so Vicky versus I want to know how we're doing. Give us a review. Well, there you go. So yeah, she's uh, she's she's living in a homeless shelter, harassing the Flash, yellow, uh, harassing Tug, harassing Ethan Van Skyver and me. Uh, all all, and that's what, and she just that's what she does. So that's her entire life. And so uh, that's I didn't it. No, she lived in a homeless shelter. <laughs> it, isn't that crazy? So yeah, we we found out a lot about her. Her sister came forward, um, and so like because she's such an insufferable bitch, and as as women can be, but uh, yeah, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> except for spooky weed trash, she's fantastic. Yeah. I'm the yes. I'm the pick me girl. I'm the <laughs> I'm the chosen one. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought because I was I was uh, I was. Kissing We're talking too much about uh, Vicky's um, sister. Yes. So she came forward. So she actually was like, uh, she actually started coming on streams and things like that uh, because she thinks her sister's an insufferable bitch. And so she's like, I can't believe this girl, like my sister is spending all day, every day, just going at YouTubers on the internet. Like, I mean, she's like, she can't hold on to job. She's living in a homeless shelter. Like I, this, this is when this all came out. We're like, Whoa, no shit. And I guess like, she was such a bitch that uh, her her sister who came out has like this like uh, you know dog grooming business or something like that. Not like not like child grooming. I mean like cutting the hair of dogs and you know that, that's what that that's what you do with animals. Um, and Vicky couldn't hold down a job there because she's just like she couldn't work. So that's uh that's the quality level of our enemies at this point in Comicsgate. Yeah, I was about to say like it. It really seems like. You know the the peak of Comicsgate. You guys were like 
warring with Marvel and DC. And then, like, they finally wisened up and realized that all they were doing was making you guys shitloads of money. So then they just shut up. And so then it all, like, turned inward. And now, like, your enemies are literally living in a fucking homeless shelter and, like, (laughs) just running these ops literally from the soup kitchen. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, for the most part. I I think there was a company directive in Marvel because... There, there's this guy who kind of took over uh, in the middle of all this, and there was a huge change. Like, there was a lot less interaction, uh, a lot less mentioning of us. Like, I, I feel like they actually put out a memo like, hey, stop talking about these guys, uh, get back to work. And I, I, I think a lot of their employees shut up. And it, it did suck the oxygen out of the room for a while. But we just had to pivot and adjust. Like, I mean, I uh, most of us now are mostly focused on what we're creating, rather than like reacting to what they're doing. And so it's a, it's actually in the health. Comics is really in the healthiest spot it's ever been at this point. I was gonna say you guys are making money like hand over fist. Like I, I took a a peek here at your you got a Kickstarter campaign actually that closes in I think it's like six days now, and it's at like nice like, transition. Thanks, Gator. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm a master of promotion, you know. You're a master at transitioning. Oh, don't say that, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh no. So, over uh, yeah, could... science fiction thriller graphic novels at twenty three thousand dollars with three hundred seventy nine backers, and and what was your goal? I think it was five thousand. You blew past that. Yeah. Um, we blew past that. We blew past 10,000 day one. So a uh, lot of, there's a lot of heavy support on this and it's just been trucking along. I, I think there has not, this, this is the weirdest campaign I've ever watched. So like I've done 17 of these. So like, I'm not, I'm not your guy who's like coming out here doing my first comic with my YouTube channel or whatever. Like I was a writer first and then I'm like, Oh shit, I better do YouTube so I can promote myself. It was, I, I'm the reverse. So I've, I've made 43 comics total, uh, 17 novels. And I did this. this is, I, I decided to go into science fiction because I think the superhero thing's kind of a little overdone, uh, a lot of overdone. And I think that's where kind of manga is killing us. Is they have a lot of different genres. You can you can you can get science fiction uh, manga. You can get uh, fantasy manga. You can get uh, you know tentacle porn manga. Uh, and there's like there's lots of different stuff that like different strokes for different folks, right? Um, but really, comics like hasn't been offering a lot of that. So I saw that there's like a big, big, like, just like hole in like the science fiction. So this one's obviously the tentacle like, porn one, right? This is the tentacle <laughs> porn one. Yes. And, uh, naturally watching all the movies and all that with like the replacement of redheads with like, you know, the minority characters, and all that. Yeah. Over my over people. You're, are you stuck. a redhead? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss though. You're getting yeah. erased. You are. Ginger I'm an actual minority. That's the thing. <laughs> You're like the biggest minority now. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Uh, I like redhead comic with characters. Uh, redhead chicks are hot. And uh, I like big tits. And so I made a redhead character with big tits. Uh, to, to, it's uh, literally you, Spooky. It, it's literally it's me. It's literally you. Yes. <laughs> you were the inspiration all along. Oh, thank but, you. Um, yeah, so that, that's that, and of course that resonates pretty well because everybody wants to look at redheads with big tits. So uh, it worked out on that level. So uh, stories about an AI uh, that is like manipulating and brainwashing an entire planet 
uh, into worshiping it and 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 uh, like forming a cult around it. And uh, it's it's starting to like try to uh, form an ins- insurrection against the human empire here. So I flipped the script on Star Wars, which is like the empire bad, right? So the empire actually good, right? <laughs> And uh, so I have like a benevolent human humanity empire where we've all kind of gotten better and all that and expanded out into the galaxy. And so she's sent out there to kind of investigate into what's going on. And she has to fight this like uh, evil AI uh, in, in its kind of home turf. And so my, my, my social commentary on this, cause I'm a deep guy, Gator. I'm a deep guy. Uh, that's why I like the redheads with, with a uh, big tits. But uh, my social commentary on this is because culture. I, I could have made a really lewd joke there about men getting deep in redheads, but uh, I oh, decline. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what we're going for here. Right. Um, so the commentary on this, though, is, is like the AI and all that and the, and the cult worshippers and all that. It, it's really about like NPCs and like Twitter and just like, you, you know, how they all repeat the same talking points. And the algorithms really manipulate these people into thinking that, like, because they get likes for it and they get dopamine hits off of it. It kind of is a cult in a lot of ways. And so I extrapolated it from watching uh, just that sort of, like, NPC behavior on Twitter and the way YouTube's algorithms, of course, manipulate everything that we see, uh, for better or worse, and, uh, and, and then just kind of built it out into a big science fiction epic with this. Very interesting. Neat. It, actually was, it actually was deep. See? Mm-hmm. Was lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've got this and then I've got a secondary story. So as a novel writer, I wanted to try something different too. So I've got the comic and then I did a novel with the same character and the novel like will expand the world, you know, of course, get deeper into the characterization, things like that. So it's a super arty project. Um, the, the artist is like, uh, she is like this based Canadian who like lives out like in the middle of nowhere and like does homesteading and like makes her own garden and all that totally self-sufficient so like way more base than all of us uh and she's awesome so the dream man just to like live it's out great. in your own and just make art all day it is yeah yeah so we're crushing it this is uh it's my third most successful comic of all time at this point i'm hoping it'll get to second or first by the time it actually closes in six days and i hope you guys will check it out nice yeah, um, I love supporting brought- all of the Comicsgate people. Um, you guys do some great stuff, and I like that there's now this market outside of uh, what's essentially now called Cape Shit. Uh, Marvel, DC, <laughs> they just... It's, I mean, I just yes. saw the, the, the Black Thor. Like, what if what if Thor was black? Or what if what if Asgard was in, like, Compton? Or, what, well, no, it was Brooklyn. What if Asgard was in, like, Brooklyn oh, or something so like that? And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, it's like they they check off the diversity thing more than they do. Like, okay, what makes these characters interesting? What is their backstory? But it's more just like, oh, what if like big big man character was actually small petite brown woman and trans? It's it's always a white guy going like, (laughs) yes, it's always a white guy going. Yes. And what are these African-American children like these days? Uh, they wear Jordans. Yes, I got that. I think they listen to Jay-Z. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm diverse. You know, it's like, it's, it's really bad. Well, they say, they say, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, like, uh, I remember, like, I, I haven't, I'm not like super into comics as am we, but from what I've, from what I've read, the, the thing that makes them so interesting is because it's like, you have this character that's a sent that's a god, right? And what if would it what would a god do living in our world? Well, it's like you have to make them like, I don't know, um, 
maybe they're insecure. Maybe they're an abusive alcoholic. Maybe they um, act really autistic like Superman, because Superman is actually pretty autistic if you think of it that way, um, because he's literally an alien. He can't really relate to people. That's why he's so in love with Lois, right? Um, there's, there's aspects of it. It's like you have this superhuman being but you have to humanize them and you have to make them relatable in some kind of way. And that's why people, cause it, like there were what there were um, dramas for uh, adult men essentially. Right. And they kind of yeah. take away that aspect of it in newer comics. I've they're, noticed they're, they're trying too hard to like, I, I guess take like obvious, like adult men uh, content, which is like dudes, with like uber muscles beating the shit out of each other, right? It's like it's basically UFC art, right? Or uh, or WWE art, and they're saying no. Let's appeal to like fifteen-year-old non-binaries, you know, yeah. who and, don't uh, buy comics and, and they've never bought comics. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even buy comics. Yeah, they read, read again. These are like teenagers, especially. They love buying manga, and I think the reason why that is is because. Um, manga is just advertised to them better than comics are because if you think about it over here, who's buying like Iron Man and like stuff like that? It's children or it's a- adult men children. Like it's yeah. these two different demographics of people, and you have teenagers being like, "There's something that really appeals to me," and so they go to like anime because uh, anime is about teenagers, and so they they like that a lot more, and it's about stuff that's different than what you see over here. Yeah. And the the comics, like, I mean, because of the way that they've structured things, you can't really push like Clark Kent into being a teenager. I mean, you, you can do the Smallville thing, I guess, but like, you can't really take the main comic and do that. You can't like make Batman into a teenager. So it's like, they really struggle with it. So they make these like 40 year old men characters act like teenagers and talk like teenagers. And it, it, it just comes across as fake and gay. <laughs> I mean, a lot really of really pandering. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they just they they're comically uh, pun unintended unable to make new characters. I mean, every new comic book character ends up being just we took Iron Man and we made him a 15 year old black girl. We took Spider-Man and we made him a 15 year old Puerto Rican black man who's also gay. So they I, can't come up this with is my you. favorite thing to rant about. My favorite thing oh, to rant about. Go ahead. Um, go ahead for sure. It, it it goes more than just like a lack of creativity on the fact on the part of the, the people working there. It, it's actually the American copyright system that is to, to blame for all of this shit. And the fact is like, we have these copyrights. So it's like, you can, you can create like Batman in 1930 and yet it's still owned by a corporation. And the, when Warner brothers owns it, and you, I can't make a Batman comic or I can't just like twist that concept around or whatever without getting sued and like my life ruined. There's no way that should happen. Like, I mean, there's nobody who's alive who created Batman who like is benefiting from that existing, not even their, not even like their director. It's like their great grandchildren at this point. It doesn't make any sense that that property should be owned by anybody for that kind of time. And there, and these laws are only meant to protect these corporations to keep these brands going. So the corporations are incentivized to, and it makes it, they like it for advertising because if you just go, if you just spam Batman everywhere for a hundred years, well, now that brand is so big that like it sucks up all the oxygen in the room and that brand is all you need to just focus on. And so you're incentivized just to focus on that 
And since you own that, like you're not going to develop a new character like, you know, the Ferret Man, uh, because like nobody's heard of Ferret Man before. It doesn't make sense. So there's no point to doing that. You have Batman. So it just stifles that creativity on that level to where you're forced into that brand. And that's why Cape shit is so like locked in this like non-creative realm for forever. It's the copyright system. If you look in Europe, the copyright system is not as robust. Like Conan the Barbarian is copyrighted here in America. You can't use it. But in Europe, it's not copyrighted. Like it's, it's in the public domain there. So they, like in Europe, like people are just making their own things all the time and they don't have these brand comics it's just artists doing their own things in japan it's the same thing they don't have that same copyright system so they're making new things all the time and that's why those two cultures are flourishing with their art and ours is just stagnated in this like you know it's basically like joe biden but comics because like they're so they kind of remember what's going on but they kind of don't know what's going on and they can kind of say the words that like make people go, oh yeah, that's maybe right. And, and yet it's a shit show. Yeah. I mean, it's like also kind of intimidating because I would love to read like the X-Men comics because they seem like really interesting, but it's just like, where the fuck do you start? <laughs> that's another thing. It's a big turnoff. It's like, where the fuck I, do you start? I tried to pick it up at the latest starting point. It was like 2017, 2018. And it, even though it's the starting point, like it's a number one issue and all that, it was there was so much lore and unreadable shit to it. Like I couldn't I couldn't get through it. It was a disaster. Well, the like, other problem too is that they yeah. keep restarting the books because you'll get this shitty writer who will just drive yes. it into the ground and it stops selling well. And so then they have to they go back and they like start back again with another number one. And you don't really know at this point. Like there's been so many retcons. There's been so many like changes to the story. Char- entire characters just disappear and then they reappear and their backstory is totally different so it's these characters have been around so long that it's just there's really no true starting point because you can go back to the very beginning of like the fantastic four and the fantastic four are totally different now than what they were when they were first created and nothing is really ever consistent and then you get the movies that come out and like uh, Kamala Khan's a great example. Like they completely changed her entire power, uh, her origin, everything for just uh, budget. <laughs> yeah, for like, well, yeah, granted for budget, but like it's totally different from what it was in the comics. And so now you have this huge schism between the two. And I'm sure they're going to go back and like, you know, try to to change everything like they tend to do when the movies come out. But it's just like it becomes impossible to follow. There's so many different characters because they don't want to come up with new ideas. And then when they do finally come up with new ideas, it's just, you know, insert this yeah. character and all the powers and abilities of this character. It, but it's and, just- that's, and that's why anime is also so appealing, because it's like, I, I mean, I, I know it kind of gets kind of really tropey, uh, but honestly, there is an anime for everybody. It's like one of the most diverse pieces of media that's out there. And it's so popular nowadays because there's anything anyone could pick up. So, like, so you can watch the normie stuff like Naruto, Demon Slayer, whatever, and pick that up. Or you can do, I don't know, like a Steins Gate or um, a um, Serial Experience playing something a little or bit more on the artsy side. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just do a harem anime where you just want to watch like big titted anime girls and try to coom over it. Like there's, there's, <laughs> 
there's different things for everybody and it's so easy to pick up because all it takes is a recommendation and normally most animes have like an ending to them you could argue most animes ending suck but like they have an ending to them and so you can put that down and move on to the next thing with comics it's not so much like that you can't really like I know they have like sets that you can buy of like a full stories of like a thick comic book, but most of the time they don't really end unless you have like something like what the Sandman or something like that, where it's like, okay, there's clearly a start in an end or, um, what else was it? It was, uh, fuck. What's it called? The, um, guy with the ink blot face, the watchman. Watchman. Yeah. Something, watchman. Yeah. Something that clearly has like a, a, a buildup and then an ending to it. Oh, Watchmen was just an accident too. So um, there, there was a company called Charlton Comics and DC bought it. And uh, Alan Moore wanted to take the Charlton heroes and modernize them and do like a, uh, a, a modern take where they're all corrupt, right? Was, was his thought. And DC Comics told him, no, you can't take the characters and do that. So it was supposed to just be a storyline of those characters that was going to continue on. Like, but it was just part of his, it was his run of it. Uh, and then, and then DC told him no. So he just made his own like knockoff characters of it and made it a self-contained thing. So that was a total accident. <laughs> I see. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, not finishing like the fact that like, it's going to go on forever and ever. And they're, you know, Batman adventure number, you know, 2822. I mean, it just, it, 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 not it's nonsensical when you try to try to read it at that point and it's just yeah it doesn't work mm -hmm. it just becomes boring but it's just like i mean I, I mean with like the movies themselves like they're fucking boring now it's just like oh man i wonder if the man in the cape will win this time uh big surprise oh quips oh we get yep. the quips oh big funny haha -ha. They didn't all used to quip though. Like they, I that's know. the annoying part they about hate now. Hey, Sweden for that. Yeah. That's like one of the second it's worst Josh things we've done. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was only Spider-Man who did the quipping, and and of course that was popular. But like, like the characters didn't act like that. But but once Buffy hit again, like that became like the hallmark of that show. Everybody thought it was quirky and cute, and so every character now does the quippy thing, and it's just like. You know, I mean, it's tough watching, you know, like Luke Cage or whatever, a big black man do like, you know, little high school girl quips in the middle of a fight. It's like, come on, stop. I mean, it's just like, why, like, why does everybody need to have a fucking quip? Like, it's not, it's, it's so overdone. And it just like, what, can we like have these people act like characters in a realm? where they would have no idea of like weak audience. Haha. <laughs> We're in the joke. Like, well, see, it's just the, like the, the problem is that Deadpool became so fucking popular for breaking the fourth wall that now breaking Good the fourth point. wall is absolutely necessary for like every fucking character. And then they created like a bunch of Deadpool spinoff characters that also break the fourth wall. And that th those were also popular. So it just becomes this like recurring nightmare of uh, hey, did you know that we're in a comic book? Holy shit! <laughs> I think that, I think that nails nails it on the head as an example. The bigger problem is that like once something gets popular in a comic, like like that, or even like the Watchmen thing where they're all corrupt characters, like they don't just like go, okay, that was a cool story, great, I'm gonna do my own. They try to copy it over and over and over again, and everything gets copied over and over and over again. So it just becomes really tiring to watch.
Well, that's also a problem in anime too. I mean, like, look at the fucking isekai trash. It's I, oh. constant. Kirito clone number fifty-seven over here. Oh, a dark-haired anime boy that's a limp-wristed noodle, like just like me. He's literally me. Wow. With a sword. With a black sword, and he wears black, and he's he's so cool. He's so OP, even though he he looks like a limp-wristed noodle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anime, anime can get a little repetitive too. with that too. Mm. I don't watch any of those. Isekai. Like, I like the old isekais, like, like, Shigiyugi or, um, what was that? Inuyasha was great. Like, but, like, the, the ones where you're, like, trapped in a video game and you're a video game character because you got hit by a bus. Like, I, I never want to see that again. Like, I really don't. <laughs> they did it correctly once, and that's Overlord. And Overlord is fantastic because Overlord doesn't give a shit. Still need to get around yeah, to watching that. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, chat. I have not seen Overlord yet. Yes, please crucify me on the cross. <laughs> I'm going to not watch it just because of the premise. I'm sorry. Sorry. I mean, that's I've been watching. Uh, is, you're missing out on something good. If you're going to watch an isekai <laughs> of any variety, it, it should be Overlord. And you can see it. should be Overlord. Mm-hmm. Overlord looks like porn. porn. That's a lot of anime, though. <laughs> Come on. I mean, a lot of uh, manga artists are porn artists, like, initially. I mean, that's how they... Because uh, there's this thing called Kamiket uh, in Japan, and it's like... It, it, I don't think it's as important as it used to be, but before the internet blew up, Kamiket is where these uh, artists in Japan would show off their work. Well, just like any kind of art, the thing that's going to get you the most clout is drawing porn. So these Japanese artists would draw porn. And then when they started getting some notoriety and people were fans of their work, but like, OK, well, check out this comic that I, I worked on, this manga. And then they would start reading the manga and then they started getting fans from that specifically. So, uh, yeah, if you want to become an artist in this world, draw porn, you fucking slave. Become the coom poster. Come on. That's the only way of getting um, through this fucking So the guy world. that did the art for Dr. Stone, <laughs> Boichi, is actually, he was, a, he was a porn artist before he got picked up to make Dr. Stone, which is in Weekly Shonen Jump. It just ended, uh. I think, like last year. So it, that is true. It does happen. They do tend to get picked up from that. Yeah. Um, porn, he, porn makes a lot of money on Kickstarter. Like, if you go through, like, most of the <laughs> Kickstarter comics out there. Like almost like I'd I'd say like the the way that like ninety percent of them go is they go uncensored variant cover and uh, and then it's just the chick with her clothes off and they 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 sell a ton I I just can't bring myself to do that because it's uh, you know like Jesus doesn't want me to do that that's all <laughs> I mean that's good. Uh, yeah i don't know it's just like i can't just imagine what the poops look like i have to pay to see those tits man i have to see those right. drawn tits <laughs> and it's and it's 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 a 2d drawing it's yeah okay i mean i get the like why you like the drawing but like i don't know it's just like having to pay to see your next the next porn drawing because you are, I guess you just lack the imagination, maybe because you're autistic. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what goes behind that mindset? Like, do you fap to that? Like, I mean, so, like, I mean, do you buy the Kickstarter comic and then you've got to pay a premium, of course, because they're not going to sell that one cheap, right? Like, 
do you read the full comic? Do you just do you just just fact the, the the naked cover? Like, do you just worship it? Like, what what, what do these guys do? I, I'd you like to find a fucking shrine with like candles and shit around. Shrine. <laughs> oh like, god! Um, candles made out of semen. Oh, that I collected Christ. over the years. <laughs> you took you that to the next level. You collect them in a jar with your pony figure in it. Oh my god. Internet's ruined my brain. <laughs> the internet's ruined everybody's brain, I think. It has. And then I'll just be sitting on Twitter and all of a sudden a Justin Wang video will pop up and he's like, The origins of Goatsy. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Although Wang did, he did interview the guy who put the pony in the cum jar, though. I wonder what my life would have been like had I never seen Goatsy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's a good point. I, I don't know. I, I'm my, pretty sure I'd be a millionaire or something right now. <laughs> um, oh, Howie Mandel posted a prolapse asshole on a TikTok the other day. <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus. Why? He, yeah, he did. He just, I don't know. I think he, I think he said, I think he was trying to troll people. He was like, guys, I've seen this picture and I'm pretty sure this is like what causes, this is a, a symptom of COVID. Please reply to this if it's a symptom of COVID. And it's just this giant prolapse asshole in the background when he's asking, is it? Yeah, no deal. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, see, now, see, see, is Flamenco still in the chat? Hey, Flamenco, we got something for you. Calling card. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't actually see him in the chat. Maybe that, maybe he'll come back for that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I've been getting bullied a lot on the internet lately. It, it, it's yeah, it, it's we haven't. A, we, we we've been helping. <laughs> we, we've kind of been helping as his friends. It is it is our job to bully him harder. Than oh else. fuck! Early and often, as a wise man once told me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the chat's trying to save Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh. We got another uh, super chat here from Spirit J for five says, Yo Gator, if you're going to anime Matsuri, I am. Hit me up so we can hang out and shit on the Rage Pig. Well, sure. Sure, I will be at anime Matsuri. Yeah. Um, shoot, I, I, we can tell them the uh, outline, uh, out the layout of it, I guess, what it's going to be like. Uh, yeah, don't say, so they don't can say outline. Find us. That has a different connotation oh, now. God damn it. Because of esoteric internet. Ruined by the fucking internet. Yeah, okay. But the layout of Matsuri, we can say that, right? Yes, we can say the layout of anime Matsuri. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly, um, the big surprise that our buddy uh, Nick Riketa had was he was going to host a YouTube square um, for our YouTubers. Because I think, I, I highly predict Matsuri is going to become like, almost like our Nick's, like the Wii version of VidCon. Or a bunch of YouTubers going to go there, and because of his promotion of it over the years, and I mean, you could argue like Nick Ricada is an actual e celebrity, not just like not just us us micro niche e celebs, but like no, like an actual like personality that people are attracted to the internet because he's like blown up over the years. So because of his promotion of Matsuri, is actually up ticket sales. So he has they and he's good friends with the Matsuri people. And so they allowed him to host his own little corner. So people um, wow. are going to come and uh, I think Star Wars Girl is going to come. 
I believe Umbrella Gas probably kind of come this year. I know Flash is going to be there. Uh, so a bunch of people that are YouTubers are going to go there and do like, I guess like a meet and greet. And we'll probably hang around that area specifically. If you guys want to easily find us to, to, we want to tweet where we're at, but too bad. We don't have a goddamn Twitter anymore. Yeah, for real. Um, I do have an Instagram. If you guys want to follow me there, it's at spooky web, sorry, spooky weed trash. I'm sorry. No, not web trash. I don't know her. She's canceled. Um, spooky weed trash on Instagram. And I will be, um, live updating there. If you guys want to see. So, um, yeah. everyone's going to become drunk. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Drinking is drinking is pretty much mandatory at these sorts of events. Hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Um, I haven't been to an anime convention in, I want to say, like, 13, 14 years. It's been, it's been a long fucking time. They're very long. different. People um, concern, are uh, uh, weirdly concerned about, uh, you know, not we're touching each other or glomping or none of that fucking gay shit anymore. <laughs> See, yeah, when we were when we were growing up, like going through the anime convention scene, things were a lot different. Um, people didn't understand the concept of personal space or showering or any uh, of those things. Like now you will get beaten with a with a garden hose if you come out of your room <laughs> sticking like shit. You know what a glomping is? I, I don't. I don't go to a lot of uh, spaces with uh, that are packed with nerds, but I would imagine that like it still smells. Oh yeah, it probably. It probably. On the uh, from what I've been told, so like uh, you know, you know what anime expo is? I guess you are because you're from California, right? Yeah, I've been to the one out here. Yep. So um. What, so from what I was told, the last one, because it was so packed this year, um, it sold out with tickets, is my Necro buddy told me it was, he smelt about three people out of like the thousands of people there that were stinky. But the thing about Matsuri is, unlike Anime Expo, it's actually really well ventilated and it's a massive convention center. I, and it's a very well organized convention center. I actually was thoroughly impressed with the staff there. Um, and so it's like a lot of wide open spaces. You can walk in and out. You just have to show your badges and that's about it. So, uh, but yeah, on the occasion, I'm sure there will be a stinky person out of like the hundreds of people that will be there. But I don't remember it smelling that bad when I was there, like in 2019. So I've been thinking about comic conventions though, because maybe anime people are like slightly more camp than comic book people. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know are, about that one. <laughs> do you have um? A, okay, do you have a world-renowned issue where a significant proportion of comic book fans do refuse to leave their homes, get a job, and get a girlfriend? I just think they can't get a job and get a girlfriend. So okay. yes, inv involuntary. Yeah, we there's a there's a name for it uh, over in the anime sphere. It's called Neat, um, and it's a mass or Hikikikomori is also another one. It's like it's it's a massive issue that infiltrated Japan, but now it's like a, a problem over here now, over here in the West, where it's like a lot of people because it's so easy to like use anime as an escapism from all your problems. I mean, literally, there's so many animes that, that that's the main theme. It's like escaping from your problems that 
a lot of these depressed weirdos, they watch it and they don't want to do anything with their life except for watch anime and play video games. So it's a that it's a prevalent bad. issue. That sounds like an okay know. life. Yeah, but all the, I mean, there's no fulfillment in your life. <laughs> but see, they do it to the point that they literally don't do anything else. Like they don't go outside, they don't interact with people, they don't have jobs. They're literally just on the government dole, and all they do is like the little bit or of money. Or lynching off their their parents their too. Parents. That's it. And the only money, like the money that they do end up getting, they end up spending on like stupid shit. So they're mm-hmm. just not productive members of society <laughs> at all, and that's why it's kind of like have that negative connotation. Because neat is somebody who's not in education. Uh, what is it? I'm trying to remember exactly what the because it's an education, acronym. employment, or training. Training, training yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a huge problem. It gets brought up a lot on this podcast because it's like genuinely depressing to seeing that's like where our community has gone to, and because it's it's bigger than it's ever been to. But it's it's also like a lot of people we know live that lifestyle because it's just like it's what they're most comfortable with and they're they're too afraid of like changing or you know getting themselves out of that kind of lifestyle when it's like they would be way happier if they were to like you know try (laughs) um well a lot of people like it it goes back to they didn't know how to deal with their (laughs) social anxiety as kids so they became adults still not able to because everybody has social anxiety that's a normal human thing when you go into a situation and you're dealing with other people you're gonna you're gonna have a little bit of anxiety chad they, mcbig dick over here says i don't have problem yeah, with talking to people yeah, yeah, never had it never had a problem at all just but like like a lot of people our age had this issue um where they have anxiety and they didn't know how to like that it's just normal it's just like a normal process that you go through and eventually you just do become comfortable dealing with like stressful situations or like 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 people making fun of you another great example right like everybody's been through that like it's it's rite of passage um i guess maybe not now for the zoomers because everything nothing is true everything is permitted now uh so so it's a little bit different for them i guess but like everybody goes through this shit and everybody like has to learn kind of about themselves and how to handle themselves and how to deal with like situations like talking on the phone like this is something that irritates the shit out of me how like i i will i can just call up somebody and be like hey what's going on what's going on but like there's some people that they can't they like don't want to ever use the phone for anything it's like oh well i'll just yeah it, it's like the most awkward thing for them it's like it's like or like they they can't even plan a doctor's appointment because they're like it's like the worst fear you have is like calling some stranger and having a cordial conversation and be like hey i need to book an appointment what time is available and that's like the like the scariest thing to them yeah it's just like that's that's kind of a problem and that's what ultimately like leads to a lot of people choosing the neat life is because they they have that anxiety they don't know how to handle it um they never really got the opportunity to like handle it i guess in a in a productive way in productive environment so and nobody really like ever pushed them to be like hey you need to do this stuff you need to be a functioning adult so they just kind of wasted away and they're like well i guess this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life Mm-hmm. Yeah, life is scary, and it's just these people don't want to do anything with it. 
And that's why it's important to get off the internet, kids. <laughs> that's why it's important to go outside and touch grass. Yes. Uh, uh, that's what we're going to be doing in Anime Matsuri. You know, enjoying our uh -huh. love of anime while also going outside and touching grass with all of our favorite isolates. That's <laughs> Touching grass. That's just smooth. Touching ass. Touching grass and touching ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, don't let but, Vic touch any ass, though. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the type of comment that'll get me canceled. Oh well. Uh, he is. I mean, ironically though, Vic Mignogna is like extremely nice, like a very nice person, <laughs> and like uh, the reason why he's like got such a dedicated fan base is not only just like he's a talented actor, but um, he treats the people we were talking about previously like he'll look at them in the eye have conversations with them, responds to emails, um, encourages them. And he's like a, he's like, he's also like a big Christian person, right? I believe he's Catholic. Uh, yeah, but he, 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 like he, if you ever do decide to go to Matsuri and he's, if he's able to book it, if you go to his like Sunday morning sermons, it's like having like almost like a religious experience. Like I, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, Sounds but like it, a cult. <laughs> but he takes it well, here's the thing he takes away tries to put a little bit of the jesus aspect of it he's like well this is why i have my reason for living but if you don't aren't religious that's fine and he tries to encourage his, his fans to do the best that they can honestly and it's a lot of times it's people from broken homes uh, they are autistic they don't know how to talk with people and it's just like this guy um looking them in the eyes treating them super nicely then i mean they're what they're used to so that's another reason why people love Vic. Like a, a, via email a couple of times, like when the first, when it first broke and all that, uh, I was going to try to cover it for the Federalist or whatever. I was trying to get him to interview about it and he didn't want to talk about it, but he was very nice and cordial. And uh, I actually heard of Vic, like not through anime shit, but uh, because I, I'm a big Star Trek dork. Uh -huh. So like he did his Star Trek continues. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've watched that, but like, Honestly, he did a better job with that than any Star Trek I've seen like since Deep Space Nine. I mean, I, it's so it was so well done. It's it's great stuff all the way yeah, around. Yeah, it's very authentic. Like it's um, the way it's filmed, the way that it's angled, the way that they act is very. Because I'm not I'm not that into Star Star Trek, but I, I've seen like episodes from like the '70s or whatever. Like I, I mean, I'm very aware of it. But, like he's very. Like that's his big thing is he's big into Star Trek and he wanted to recreate he even recreated the whole set, right? He did, yeah. <laughs> like he he got the plans from the original uh like Desilu Studios and like made it perfectly as it was. I mean it's crazy how much work he put into it. I was always upset because I, I, I watched him make that and I'm like, you know what? It would I mean, can you imagine if she's like Paramount just like was like, you know what? You made these off. If if it if we truly lived in like a meritocracy, like we're like the good like rose to the top, right? They'd be like, okay, these fan films are really effing good, and they have no budget. You know what? Maybe we'll just go to them and we'll just uh, make it an official Star Trek show. Hey, Vic, do you want to do you want to do this? I mean, if they would have done that, and instead of what they did, like, I mean, I, I have no respect for Paramount. They shut down fan film production because the Vic thing was getting too popular. <laughs> is what it came down to. They actually went and gave all these guys DMCAs and were like, look, if you're going to, they, then they put these guidelines of like, you can only make shows of less than 15 minutes and you can't, you know, actually fund, you know, 
like actors for real or anything like i mean there's a whole like list of laundry lists that would just kill any of these types of shows and so while people were making these fan shows for a while like they actually shut it down because they they couldn't compete with their actual project products with these like little fan-made ones it's crazy i and i just i wish we lived in a world where like instead the executives were like yeah, this is really good. Why don't Why don't we just bring this under our umbrella? But yeah, why don't we just fund this? That's not how it works. Yeah, well, sucks. It's It's just such a shame too because you see what Paramount's doing with Star Trek. I mean, Picard was just an unmitigated disaster. Uh, their little cartoony show has has just it's I, like I don't even want to say it's like 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 Seth MacFarlane, uh, you know, because it's not even to that level. Like you have to at least be a little funny to be like family guy rick and morty in space Mm. it's it's Uh, not even it's not even uh, oh yeah that shit oh god that stuff looks horrible i'm not even a big star trek fan but i mean i could tell like that looks fucking trash well it doesn't respect it doesn't respect this i mean this is and this is kind of the problem about being a nerd post like 2016 is that none of the stuff that's being produced respects the source material it's all like subversions inversions uh we're taking the character and then we're subverting your expectations you know it's well like, it's it's batman but know, actually he kills people <laughs> but what from what i know about star trek is it's a very slow paced show but it's like it's about the character dialogues and their day-to-day and how they interact with each other right and that's like i think the space stuff kind of comes second to the star trek stuff i mean that's not how it was like the original the original show was like a space western so they'd go they'd go to a planet they'd beam down uh captain kirk would walk around with his swagger and be mr sheriff and then spock would kind of be the you know he has weird logic so he'd be the foil yeah yeah and and then captain america not captain america uh captain kirk would uh would then beat up whatever alien of the week it was and then they'd come back to the ship so that's that's what it was originally and uh, that's how they pitched it. They, they, there was a show called Wagon Train, which is a Western show. And he's like, we just want to do Wagon Train to the stars. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's a space Western, basically. And then in the 90s, they decided to get like cerebral about, about it. And that's, <laughs> that's when it became like, that was the next generation, which was basically like, this is your office space environment in space. And we're going to treat gonna it lie. like that. And like, I'm not like, going to lie, I fucking love yeah. next generation, though. Yeah, it doesn't hold up if you watch it now. It, it probably it doesn't. won't. <laughs> Deep Space just... Nine, though, like kind of brought it back again. They like they they really built this like really good war drama conflict across things that was a lot more fun. Dude, I mean, the Dominion it, it holds War was up. fucking great. Yeah, really good. And uh, Razor Fist actually goes through and like does these like deep dives of the episodes. I don't know if you watch those. He he like really dives into them. It's fun. Yeah, because I, I think it was great. Like that was like the best time I think to be a Star Trek fan because you could still go back and like watch Next Generation reruns and stuff. But then you had Deep Space Nine, and then like at the same time was Voyager. Like occasionally Voyager would have a good episode here and there, but like for the most part, it was Space Mom flies around the unknown parts of the galaxy in her shop vac. Yeah, Deep Space that was definitely the best time. And then the movies were just kind of a clusterfuck for the most part. <laughs> At least the next generation movies. God. Yeah. yeah, they had some good um the the Borg one was pretty good. 
can't remember which one. Okay. I, I, see, I can't remember like any of the titles of the movies. I just remember like there's the one with the Picard clone, and that had some decent moments in it. Uh, overall, wasn't that great. Uh, there was the there was the Star Trek Generations. I do remember that where they had like like the whole bill was like oh you know Captain Kirk gets to interact with Captain Picard. It's like some some weird time wacky shit, but it's literally for only like five minutes of the movie. It was a clusterfuck. Yeah, yes. Completely wasted. Completely wasted. Mm. But but that just carries on the tradition of like every other Star Trek movie is garbage. But but like every but every other one is a gem. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. And they all Until sucked. All, all <laughs> fucking garbage. I think we got some uh, super chats there, Gator. Yes, we do. Uh, Jeb Bush for two cent. I'm gonna spook. Oh God, I'm spooking. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen for two says, "Good luck. We're all counting on you." Is that airplane? Dean Domino twenty five sent a four ninety nine super chat and said, "I thought the Star Trek fan film crackdown was because of Axanar competing with STC." But charging money for it, merch, etc., and that pissed off Paramount. Yeah, Axanar went pretty far with it, but yeah, Star Trek continues. The problem is like all of these were going on at the same time, and like Star Trek continues and Vic, they were doing Kickstarters for them too, to like, and they quote weren't making a profit, but they were funding the effects and things like that. So all of that went around. A- Axanar really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, the guys who were in charge of that were kind of assholes, so they were. Uh, they, they they took it to the next step and kind of ruined it for everybody, but all, Paramount really didn't like those shows existing, any of them. Well, yeah, because, I mean, look at the shit that they were putting out at the same time. Uh, like, you compare the two, you know, you're watching Star Trek Continues, and you can see that they That's care they were very really? deeply. They care deeply about, yeah. the, about Star Trek and the fans, and that makes you feel like you're watching the original series. And then you go... And you look at like what they're producing now, and it's it, it's just slapping you in the face. Which wasn't it. it at the time? They like weren't even doing TV shows because they were like they were doing that whole like you know they they killed Star Trek like through the bad movies basically. But then they then they'd go. We think people are just burnt out of Star Trek because they could never admit that they just made bad movies, right? Um, and so they they quit doing it for a number of years, and they they quit TV shows for a number of years, and then. Like they that like when this stuff was being fan films, that what was coming out was that 2009 reboot where it was J.J. Abrams making just like a shallow caricature of it, you know, <laughs> like he always does with everything. People forgot Pew-pew, those laser beams, shiny bright yes. lights. Oh God, lens flare. Yes, yes, I do remember yes, that. That one. <laughs> Let's make the ship go upside down. Whoa. Tilt-a-whirl, you know, all those crazy effects and no substance. Yes, I too I it was remember sad. that. <laughs> it was like, let's take a Michael Bay film and let's just like scribble the name off and write Star Trek on it. Okay, okay, we've got our movie. Yeah, it was, I remember like when the ship was crashing and Spock is fist-fighting Khan on the top of the spaceship for ten minutes and I'm like... Are you for real? Like this is this is just insulting to my intelligence. But reboots always are. 
Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. even like I haven't even watched the uh the, the sequel to that. Um after the after they did the con one. I just like dropped it. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna watch this. I think it was what, Strange New Worlds or whatever was the one that came after that? I forget what they called it. It was actually better than the con one, but that's a low oh, bar. Oh well yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch it. I just I just can't watch any of that stuff anymore. I mean, they did it to Star Wars. I was a big expanded universe fan. Um, New Jedi Order was like one of my favorite fucking things reading when I was. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Yuzan Vong, all that shit. Uh, Heir to the Empire, the Timothy Zahn novels. Like, I was all into the expanded universe. I, I was too like, bad. Those are no longer canon. Yeah, they threw all wait, that wait. shit out. And now they're, <laughs> now they're finally going back and actually like pulling some of these characters out and then not doing them any justice at all. That's my biggest like grievance with Star Wars is like you have all this lore that you could expand upon with space wizards, right? Um, it's history and you know the ethics of it. Like you know most fantasy novels are like, but they don't do that. Um, and it's just like member oh, berries. It's just like appealing to man children, um, and it's just it's just not interesting. Um, they don't care about even making interesting, cool characters anymore, like Han Solo, who's like pitiful, cool. Everyone wanted to be like him, except they have to have like, what's her name, Raylo, or what the fuck, the Mary yeah. Sue, Ray, uh, yeah. or like the fucking uh, edgy anime pro tag, um, Ky- Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> you mean Space Sasuke? Yes, Space Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it just it doesn't. Like, it's like you guys are pulling from, like, they aren't interesting. They aren't fun. It's like, why why can't you guys have fun characters? That's why people like, you know, Han Solo and even um, Princess Leia to an extent. Like, it's just, they had, like, like even Princess Leia was sassy. Like, she wasn't like those other princesses, girlfriend. Yeah, Let me tell took, you what. They took, they basically, like, it's once again, like, they took the idea and the concept of the Western. But they put it in space, so Han Solo is like, you know, he's like a cowboy. You know, he's the shoot first, ask questions later kind of guy, you know, running through with his with his best bud who's got his back, you know, instead of a instead of a Native American, it's a you know, a, a big furry dog looking creature. You it's know, a giant brown thing. I mean, uh native I mean, uh yeah. Wookie. What, what gator is it? Wookie, it would, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean you can see like kind of the comparisons, but then there's also like Luke Skywalker is like the the young the young samurai, you know, he's training to be a warrior and you know, he he battles against the evil, you know, he gets trained by an older retired ronin who fled from, you know, fled from the uh, the shogun or whatever. And so you see like the little bits of the the samurai, the the western and it's just all put together so well and it makes you it invests you in these characters. You care about mm-hmm. these characters and they're able something that this is a lost art nowadays is that they're able to tell you everything you need to know about the character in like two to three minutes. So Han Solo, you meet Han Solo. He's like kicking back in the cantina. Like he's like, I don't give a shit. You know, he's, he's talking, talking to, to Obi-Wan about, you know, the deals and whatever, you know, you meet Greedo and he just, Greedo's like, you know, oh, I'm a, you know, you owe some money to, to this, this, this slumlord and, and Han Solo's like, I don't give a fuck. He just blows him away. All right, let's <laughs> fucking go. Like, that's so fucking cool. Like, you, you know, everything you need to know about Han Solo from just that one fucking scene. 
no, they have to be bland and have a deep backstory and have a from a broken home. They have to be a literally me <laughs> character. Hmm. I mean, I, I think that's another problem too, is that George Lucas, when he was creating these characters and coming up with these characters, he was none of this is like self insert bullshit. It's like I saw something really cool when I watched this this cowboy film and this like samurai movie, and I want to take those characters, those archetypes. And I want to translate them into a different setting. Nowadays, we have just it's 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 the Tumblr problem where we just have so many fucking self-insert characters that are it's, just fucking thrown into. Yeah, it's it's hack writing. They, they 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 create a character that's there, like the voice of the narrator, the voice of the creator that's meant to represent the creator, and they throw them in their work, and. And and you get these Mary Sue characters because it's like but, they see themselves in the character, so this character can do no wrong. They must but, always win. What was that? What was that ugly star Starfire comic with like the really fat goth bitch? Oh yeah, and the, then the I'm writer was a, fat bitch. was a fat goth bitch. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So I I I bought that uh, because I was super chatted uh, to review it, and so I had to. And so I did. And I got a lot of clicks off that review too. Um, and then it, it was so bad. Like it, everything you think about what that probably like your whole thoughts as to how bad this is. Here you go. It was actually worse in the comic. Oh, there it is. Yeah. It just looks it was actually ugly. worse. Oh, you're up. Mike is shooting out, Gator. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, so I was doing this, so well. Uh, <laughs> I burned the book live on the air because it deserves it. Uh, it just, I mean, it looks ugly. Like, it just does. Like, the art's, like, really bland. Like, you could, like, we, I mean, we could probably talk about hours just about, like, how flat the characters look, how uninteresting their designs look. Um, and it's just, like, this is just pure self-insertion because, I don't know, I guess maybe she's, like, another Asian lady with mommy issues, and so this is her, like, way of projecting her mommy issues onto her fucking, her comic. Just, like, how, like, um, the going, the not going red, the turning red was just about this stupid Asian lady being jealous of the white people around her not having mommy issues. And so she made a whole fucking movie about how she hated her mom. And then she was like, oh, no, I don't hate my mom. I love my parents, actually. It was like your movie tells me otherwise. They hate the fucking Pentagon. (laughs) God bless any place. (laughs) My panda, my choice. That's literally what she says. That that my panda, my choice. That's not that's not even a joke. That's literally what she says. At the end, to her mom, and then she it, said, "It's it, Morbin time." <laughs> she turned into a panda. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, I like this edit. This this edit of the comic book. I think. Is the best. <laughs> hey, yo, Starfire! <laughs> Got a real freaky That's- problem with you. Now that would be pure Kina right there. If that was just, if that was like, what? His name's Carl. Uh, if he was like actually like interacting with Starfire, that's the crossover we truly deserve. Hey, yo, Starfire! Just, I want you to show me them, them, them space canes. <laughs> if you know what I mean. The children want. Yes. <laughs> the children Ima- want this. And hey, imagine WB, growing up with a 
WB does own Adult Swim. This could actually fucking happen. Yeah, you could make this happen. Come on. <laughs> okay, look, look, listen, listen to me. Okay, Warner Brothers. Okay. <laughs> you got to listen to me on this. We need Carl Brutlop, whatever the, how you fuck you say his name, Brutalowski or whatever. We need Carl interacting with the DC superheroes. Okay, make him a DC superhero. Do this. You will print fucking money. Hey, Batman, what's going on, buddy? Hey, hey. Wait. you can show me that Catwoman this later, maybe? You know, I mean, Warner Brothers loves referencing itself all the time. Like, that's like one of the things it's known for. It's just like referencing all like each other. So, True. oh, did you guys see um that uh Chipmunk's movie? I wanted to watch it with Gator, but we never got around to watching it. But uh, do you guys ever watch it? We should do a no. Is it okay? It's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's it's not good. It's made for um. Is so it gay? It's cut pretty gay. It doesn't. I don't think it has any gay characters. But um, the uh, mouse lady uh, gadget she fucks the uh, fly and has like horrendous oh, no. like mutant creatures. Oh god, yeah. Hold on, let me let me find that one, dude. There were people were fucking so gadget. Um, I don't know if you you I know what. This. I, I don't know if, hits different, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if if you know about the internet like the rest of us know about the internet. But but Gadget is a mouse character. And see, there's these people, they're called furries. And they really, really, uh -oh. really love Gadget. And so when this movie came out, they flipped an absolute shit at that. Mm-hmm. I guess they wanted her to sleep with the the chipmunks. The, um, uh, either one of those guys, but uh, <laughs> no, it I didn't think they happen. Wanted, I think they wanted Gadget to sleep with them. I think that's what it was. Oh, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's uh, the here's the here's the picture of the uh, the bot fly family here. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's canon now. That, that's that's oh, fucking boy. canon now. Yeah. And he was supposed to be like a dog, like pet creature in like the original um, show. So it's made the whole reason this movie even exists is to appeal to stupid millennials that love watching garbage. That just the whole reason that it exists is to be like, remember this garbage you watched as a child? No, oh, it's now they're making references to memes and cell phones and TikTok. Hey guys, you know. remember Ugly Sonic before the internet called it retarded and they had to go back to the drawing board? Yeah, he's in the movie too. Oh my oh, god, the funniest that's so part. Funny. The funniest that's part funny. was the fact that Ugly Sonic was an FBI federal agent. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Right. I find that pretty amusing. <laughs> he, he works for the feds. <laughs> he literally glows uh, in the dark. He, he does. Uh, uh, so... <laughs> Um, and also, uh, thing that was like the most controversial about it was the fact that they had the Peter Pan guy basically live out the, like the, the um, actual story of like the actor for Peter Pan. He was this rundown weirdo because he lost his career because he grew facial hair and acne. And that's exactly Bobby what Driscoll. happened to the guy. Yeah. He killed himself. And this, he like the Peter Pan and the, the chip bucks. So he didn't kill himself. He's just like a washed out loser. Because his Disney ruined his career, and uh, you know, arguably fucked up. Um, they just make fun of that. 
Um, but yeah, that happened. But like the animation looked like fucking shit. They were trying to like compare it to Roger Rabbit, but I just no, no. It's Roger <laughs> no. Retard. <laughs> like Roger Rabbit's one of my favorite movies ever, and just like you, well, you can't recreate I'll tell that. You the difference is that we're now in the era of film where everything has to be a subversion of your expectation or it has to invert the original message from the con- the original content or it has to be a social commentary and we're not talking about like like the the really really intelligent social commentary we're talking about just like bargain bin right. go to twitter you know orange oh, man thing bad existed and passed woo got to clap hands woo remember Remember thing that existed. Yeah. It, 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 I don't know. Like it, it was like, um, like Roger Rabbit was like, it was a noir movie, but it almost parodied it. But like the, 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 the pain, the ass they went through to create the sets and make sure everything was, you know, hand painted onto like this film to make it look like these characters are interacting with these humans. Like you just watch regular media's like video on it. And I go more into detail about it, but like even the char- way the characters would go in and out of the shadows was like something that they had to painstakingly put together to make it look like they were interacting with people. And also, like when it they took it seriously, they took it seriously, and it, it was appropriate. Like uh, I don't know. Great example. It, it was great example. Bob Hoskins, who played Eddie in the movie, um, there were scenes where you know he's like grabbing Roger and stuff. Um, they they talk about like how painstaking it was to like, cause they had to draw Roger in every single frame of the movie. So what Bob Hoskins did was Bob Hoskins. You, like when you, when you grab somebody, you know, like you usually have your fingers open. He would actually close his fingers when he's like pretending to grab Roger so that the animators wouldn't have to draw Roger between his fingers. Like, it's just like little things like that. Yeah. Or like the way that they, there's like a scene where the penguins like are, they're at this, um, what was it called? A, what are those bars called that whenever it's like a, alcohol was illegal. Yeah. It was like a speakeasy. It was run by penguins and they had the penguins like hold up the glasses. So they had to build these like mechanisms to look, make it look like these glasses were being held by nothing. So, and then they had to draw the penguins interacting. And also like this, the scene where, uh, Donald and uh, Daffy get into a fight while playing a piano. They had to like not only create the set to make it look like these pianos were moving and breaking, but also they had to draw the characters like in different angles and make sure every like key was hit in the right place. Like it's it's a it's a really painstaking movie, but it p- pays off because it's still like it's an extremely impressive what they did with the practical effects. That That's something that we'll never really get nowadays is practical effects and uh, appreciation for it because it's all fucking CGI shit. Yeah, everything's fucking CGI. And then, of course, you know, there's there's one of one of the, the best parts. Awooga! <laughs> Awooga! Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit, yeah. Sent, sent many a man into puberty back, back in the day. Like, something was, about was... Goofy Man Dick that hit different, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna give her the hit! <laughs> That's not. I made that joke before earlier today. That's not what I meant. Uh, I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, we were talking on yeah. Discord, and I made that fucking goofy joke because he said "goofy <laughs> man." I was like, <laughs> oh, like, I was just saying, men with men who act goofy, yeah. like, who have the the personality. Okay, their 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 dick hit different, and that's what I was saying. And I'm in, in this guy to make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's goofy time. <laughs> oh no, Maxie. Me and your mom, we didn't fuck. No, he said we didn't have sex. We yucked. Uh, Maxley, me and your mother didn't have sex. We yucked. I can't wait to go to Anime Matsuri and and do like all these fucking goofy voices for Vic Mignogna. I'm sure he uh, doesn't get sick of that at all. I'm sure he doesn't get tired of that at all. (laughs) Not, Not even a little bit. Uh... Hey, say the funny thing. I'll say it. <laughs> uh, Goof Goof Troop was like a a pretty good movie. It's still it's like peak nineties, and that's why I love it. It's just like unapologetically the nineties <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> I, I love I, like that's one of those movies that I can go back and rewatch like at any time, and I'll still enjoy it just as much as the first time I watched it. Goofy is like my favorite. Uh, uh, Disney character because um, older Goofy content was just him being fucking angry all the time. Like, just furiously fucking angry. <laughs> and fucking up everything. And I was like, man, he's a literally me character and he grows up to be a Goofy dad. <laughs> it's he, great. He grows up to be best dad. <laughs> somehow, yeah. some way. Uh, he's, like the, he's like the anti-Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> he he's he's he starts out like really fucking angry and then grows into a good dad <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than a terrible one, a non-existent one. Oh man. Um do we have any super chats we need to catch up with? Uh yes we do actually. Let's see. Uh Ozymandia <laughs> sent two and said Legend of the Galactic Heroes Mogs Star Trek. Certainly. Uh but of course Legend of the Galactic Heroes is more of a like a highbrow it's, commentary on yeah, it's, it's very a different thing, you know. I don't know. It's, hard to it's like it's like the galaxy brain to Star Trek's uh, uh, NPC. I think is the better way to describe it. It's because it's like space world war is, is is the best way to kind of describe it. And, and they really go into like the motivations and the political machinations of like the different factions within each each uh, empire, and it's. It's really good stuff. It's really good. Stuff. I definitely recommend uh, watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes if you if you have a chance. There's a lot of relevant uh, political commentary that still holds up today in there. Some of the best screenshots ever, too. Uh, Dean Domino twenty five sent a nine ninety nine super chat and said, "In regards to Star Wars in the EU, I remember hearing that they tossed it for the same reason comics are dying, for copyright and not having to pay creators. Now they reintroduce it under new canon." Sounds right. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, and this is this is something that uh, Marvel has done for a long time, that a lot of the other comic book companies had to kind of catch up to, and that originally when you created a comic book character, that was your intellectual property. So if I created a character and I worked for DC at a certain point in time, when I created that character, that was my intellectual property. And even though I worked for this company and like, you know, this character was like, would interact with like Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern 
you know, I still owned the rights to that character. Nowadays, when you create a character for Marvel or DC or any of these other big companies, uh, you are a contract worker. And part of your contract says that anything that you create is automatically in perpetuity the property of that company. So if I create a superhero at like DC or Marvel now, like they get all the rights to that character. They can they can beat the character up. They can make the character just mentally retarded or whatever they want to do with that character. And there's really nothing you can do about it at this point. Uh and so, like, with the Expanded Universe, you know, you had so many different authors. Uh, Timothy Zahn, R.A. Salvatore. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other, some of the other great ones. Uh, but they, Kevin J. Anderson. Yeah. Kevin Michael Stackpole. Yeah. But they each added something to this, this, whole, uh, this whole continuity. And so, like, they have to go actually go back and get the rights to some of these characters and talk to some of these guys. Uh, and it, it's, it was much easier for them to just say, none of this happened, it's, it's all fake, uh, and just kind of pull it piecemeal as they want to to rebuild these stories. And it sucks, because what well, they're, they're putting wanted, on... That, I mean, really, it's lazier than that, even. I just think the writers, like, they just want to hire somebody for The Force Awakens or whatever who doesn't want to, like learn this shit so like eh, we'll just make our own up real quick i think it was i think it's more laziness yeah i mean that's that's fair i mean usually usually it's it's easier to <laughs> just attribute to laziness that which can be attributed to some that grand scheme yeah it's just like i mean you know they, they never hire people who actually like are fans or like major you know lore you know junkies for these properties they always hire people who are like i've actually never watched a star war before making this film it's like what you know <laughs> how do you avoid that that's they like always, the most of, they like, always do that that's so weird but like i i everyone i i, I associate like star wars with like being one of the most american films you could ever watch because it's like every american that knows what star wars is and most of them have seen star wars like that's so that's weird <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I don't get it. Or it's also like the Lord of the Rings thing too, where it's just like, I have the, have the, these people actually read the books? No. Or, uh, no, there's, 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 well, there's more to the Lord of the Rings than just Middle Earth. Like there's like a whole, like, it, well, I don't want to say expanded universe, but like it's, there's a whole, uh, world that, um, Tolkien wrote. That has really been expanded upon, but I don't know if these people have like read those books besides just, I guess maybe watching the movies. But even the movies themselves, like they take a while to to get through. Like very well, you can watch them for like twelve hours straight. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, um, and and now they're doing it to one of my most beloved series, Wheel of Time, that doesn't even like look the same. It's already that already canceled, or are they still going on with that? It's still going. There's. Still gonna have a season two, but God, the season one was such a train wreck. They changed so much of the story that it's like it's barely even the same book anymore. They smashed the first two books together. They completely changed entire character arcs. Um, even like the the basic building blocks of the world are totally different. Like it's it's kind of like they wanted to to write like like fan fiction about Wheel of Time and pull some of the characters. 
and that was basically it. They they didn't want to actually make an adaptation of Wheel of Time. They just wanted they wanted to to use the name for its for its property. Hmm. That's the really case. Fucking. I watched like first episode, and it just seems so low budget and shitty. I just I couldn't even get through that. I mean, yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much, it pretty much was. <laughs> it pretty much was, and it sucks because it's such a it's such a rich world, such a great story, and they just completely fucked it up. Mm-hmm. What are you uh? What are you showing there, Gator? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me pull this up because uh, we we need to go ahead and wrap it up because I know uh, John's got a John's got to do something after this uh, at nine, <laughs> nine o'clock or so. So let me, let's go ahead. And I've got to go. Pick up my kid pretty shortly. He's he's calling me already. So, all right. So this is uh, this was from the Anime Matsuri stream a couple of weeks ago. This is kind of their tentative plan of of what the layout of the convention is going to look like. So, uh, you already see the Sanic, the, the big Sanic head there. Uh, oh my God! Need um, to go get that. Got to go to the Sanic table. Uh, but I'm going to the Sanic table. That big green square there, they revealed that that's going to be like the, uh, over near Hall B, that's going to be the uh, the YouTuber location. That's where uh, Nick Ricada and crew are going to kind of be set up there. And Nick Ricada's kind of been given, uh, kind of get given control over that area. So that's that's probably where you're going to see a lot of us chilling out and hanging out. And we've got, mm-hmm. some, awesome. we've got some fun stuff of, of our own to be handing out. We've got these, uh, these anime boomer wristbands here, like the old... Yeah. Uh, the old, you remember the old jelly bracelets back when I guess when when you and I were in high school, spooky. But I don't know about everybody else. They were probably like, I'm not sure how old John is, but he probably remembers these. I do. I'm a little older than you guys, I think. I think you're just a little. Got to be. How old are you? Oh, I'm like in my 30s, early 30s. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm 39, so yeah, but I do remember. Yeah, so like when we were in middle school, you were in high school. These were like all the rage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're bringing it back. That's right. We're we're fucking bringing it back. We're bringing back the jelly bracelets, and we've also got uh, some... you're rebooting it. <laughs> Drawing <I> female lead. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got everything. We got the token redhead. We got a we got a uh, scaly lizard. Everything's good. Everything old is new again, yay. Got that diversity hire checklist going on. Danny said, Gator, that's crazy. I thought you were like 24. No, man. No, I'm, I'm definitely, I am an old man at this point. Yeah. And I, just, I have a youthful vigor, I think. I, I sound... Because you're short. Because yeah. you're you fucking short. You got the short man voice. That's you right. You fucking shorty. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, look, we hobbits, we hobbits are a proud people, okay? Hobbits is... <laughs> don't talk, <laughs> don't talk shit hairy. about second breakfast. Uh, look, is your feet fucking hairy and disgusting, though? No, no, my feet are, my feet are not hairy and disgusting. Are they super calloused up because you walk around in your bare feet all fucking day? <laughs> no, God, no, no. I do have big-ass fucking clown feet, though. Are you designed by Tetsuya Nomura? Yes. <laughs> I, I am a kingdom You're Hearts short character. with big ass feet. <laughs> short with big ass feet. That's right. Uh, and useless well, that's like thing. Donald. I've been I've been playing uh, the original Final Fantasy VII and it's pretty keto. I will say. 
I don't know if the newer ones are as good, but uh, it's got a lot of charm to it. I get why people like it so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to... I need to fucking play uh, the remake Intergrade, like, special, like, the Yuffie missions and shit, because I haven't even touched that yet. I went and bought it, like, like a while back. Oh, you play the remake version? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and grabbed that. I know there's, like, a... Is it fun? I actually kind of liked it. Um, the battle system is more like the <laughs> recent Final Fantasy games. Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, it's 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 very... Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts? Hearts. <laughs> yeah, it's very Kingdom Hearts-esque. Uh, I actually kind of liked it. Uh, but then again, I also am a big fan of like Dynasty Warriors and button mashers and shit. So I do like button mashers too. I like a <laughs> excuse me. I do like a D, um, Devil May Cry, big Bayonetta fan. Bayonetta is so much fun to play. Uh, so I, I don't mind playing it. It's just that um, whenever I'm working, um, sometimes I well at work I like to keep my mind preoccupied while I'm doing stuff too. So uh, like slow turn based JRPGs is what I normally play. But I, honestly, like the first Final Fantasy VII, it's not that slow. It's actually a, you know how like most RPGs, you have to wait for the other person to get done and then you hit. No, it's like you have to like, it, there's an opportunity. You've got to like attack them as soon as possible or it's the uh, enemies will attack you. So yeah, there's no active a, time. Or that's whatever. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of fun, and the, there's a lot of good story writing. And uh, I fell in love with Aerith, and I'm going to be very upset when what happens to her later if you catch my drift. <laughs> she's she's a pretty good waifu. I I must admit, she's pretty good. Like they make her really boring, and the other stuff that she's in, like she's supposed to be this angelic being, but no, she's actually really sassy. And yeah, she's they like really a... did Aerith a <laughs> uh, a disservice in the in the remake because she's. She's just annoying. Oh no, she's so sweet though in the this the original. I oh no, oh no. You know why they kill her off though? Specifically, why that was written in? Uh no, actually, I forget. <laughs> I forget who was it. I think it might have been the uh, musician, the composer for it. No, but uh, well, when the, Yamatsu, one of the leads, uh, his mother died. Went while he was right working on this game, and he was like, "I want you guys to have the feeling of growing really attached to somebody and then losing them, because Aerith is a healer and she's the only class that is a healer. So you grow really attached to her and you have her in your party because no one else is like a specific thing. Because there's a uh, the way the way the combat system. I won't get too much in details about it, but she's the only one designed specifically as a healer class." And so you have her on the party. You grow really attached to her. She's a really like fun character. She's got an interesting backstory, and then she just gets fucking murdered. And you're like, God damn it! I really liked Aerith. And then yeah, so please don't spoil. Yeah, I know. Uh, spoiling an over twenty year old <laughs> spoilers, <game. laughs> for, spoilers for a twenty year old fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it it had a lot of charm to it and interesting. It's a really, really interesting story, but uh, too bad other Final Fantasies don't seem to get that. Yeah, it's a, Oops. It's, it's a damn shame. I see we got another super chat. Uh, Deem Domino 25 for 499 says, Some for the road. Wish I could meet you guys at Matsuri, but travel did not work out this year. Also spooky, remember to play past disc one in Final Fantasy VII. That's right. I'm playing, well, thankfully, I don't have to worry about disc. I'm playing on my little iPad. <laughs> so, uh, it's, uh, I know it's it's so interesting. I the discs, oh my god! <laughs> it it's so interesting because it's like I 
what would normally be like what a two hundred dollar system, and we pay sixty dollars for these discs to play it one by one disc. Um, now I could just fit it all in my iPad for like ten dollars or fifteen or however those I have it over the App Store. Like just it's so convenient. It, it kind of blows my mind because like if you think about what Final Fantasy VII was, a lot of people forget it. Um, iPad, I know, I know, but it, it still works out. But, but uh. What what Final Fantasy VII why it blew people's mind is because the graphics they haven't aged well, but they blew people's mind. Those pre rendered graphics like people thought what games used to look like back in like what nineteen ninety eight I think is when it came out ninety seven, and so that's why they had like a lot of advertisement to it. Like it was advertising during the Super Bowl, like that's how impressive the graphics were back in the day. But now it's like I can fit it all on my little iPad. I know iPad. I get it. I get it. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> iPad woman moment. That's right. I know. It's still. It's still like it's interesting to me. How far we come with technology, though. Yeah, it's 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 good times. And then you see the comparison between the the old and the new with the remake and all of that. And I yeah. I it's just so have different to now. Tetsuya Nomura because he's, I'll tell you, playing through the remake and you get to the end and this is kind of like... Did you hear God. he wanted to make it a musical at one point? I know, I heard that. He, oh my God. <laughs> they really need to tar-drangle Tetsuya Nomura. I mean, I mean it's not Hearts the same people working enough. on it. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a fucking, a fashion designer, a character designer be your main writer. Like, he's not good at it at all. Like, that's what he used to do. He's, he used to be like the designer and he's like was really into fashion and he was like friends with like musicians and stuff like that. Like a lot of the character designs come from like um, J-Rock artists, funny enough. Yeah. And, and then- so like when you have someone like that, who's very into arguably more of the vein side of video game creation, writing your video games, it just doesn't fucking work. It, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. It only works for a Rocky. <laughs> in Joe. Rocky. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it only works. It only works for him. It doesn't work for Nomura. No, no, Nomura's fucking hack. Like I, Oni, like Chris Ono goes off on Nomura how much he hates him. But now that I played the game itself with Final Fantasy VII, I get it. I get it. I feel you guys' pain now. I'm just like, oh god, it's not the same. Oh, plus um, there's that one point where uh. They blame the black guy for killing everybody in like a in the casino kind of area. Oh, even though he had like, prison. there's no evidence to prove he did it. Like, it's just the only guy with a gun is a black guy, and they're like, "You fucking shot everybody!" And it's like, "No, man, there's another guy with a gun. I swear." There's <laughs> another guy with a gun arm, and he totally did it. It wasn't me. This is discrimination. Yeah, they were literally blaming the black guy. It was funny. Uh, Shit, you can't yeah. get away with nowadays. There's a there's. A, arguably a lot of things though they did bring back the fact that cloud wears a dress so apparently that was super important to people for whatever fucking <laughs> reason made, and they made it twice as gay did they really <laughs> they did they did you should uh if you don't play uh the remake you should watch the video it is it is very they made it somehow they made the honeybee in 10 times as gay Oh, did he like? Does he choose his his wife? To, oh, sorry, chooses Cloud to be his like quote unquote wife for the night. Uh, there's a dance number. There's a dance number. You can get different dresses now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It's like it's spooky Although, Fujo trash. It's, this is right up your alley. It's it's funny. <laughs> uh, I'm not a Fujoshi. I don't know why people keep thinking I'm a Fujoshi. It's, it's funny to call you a Fujoshi. I look. I appreciate cute men and attractive men. Okay, I'm not really into like men kissing each other. <laughs> it's not my thing. Ah, uh, that's pretty it's funny good. though. Pretty All good. Right. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up because I know John's got to get out of here. He's getting called off the hook. Pokemon has ended. That's right. Here it comes. <laughs> but I want to I thank John for, for spending some time with us today. I want to make sure we, we show his, his book again. Let me, let me bring it up here real quick. I had it. I just had it, it on the screen a second ago. Let's see. If I, can, if I can go through my history real quick and pull it back up. It was uh, Overmind, right? Yeah, there it is. Overmind. That's right. Pull this back up on screen here. Overmind, a science fiction yes. thriller graphic novel. That's right. This is about a, a secret agent in a space empire going out and having to deal with a rogue AI who has brainwashed an entire planet into worshiping it and, of course, uh, forming an insurrection against uh, the space empire. So she has to go investigate that and has to deal with that. Tons of action adventure if you love old school uh, sci-fi stuff like Valerian or, you know, like, you know, the original Star Wars stuff. Uh, check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. And, you know, we're, we're having fun. We're kicking ass and taking names on this and uh, and taking over Kickstarter. So that's the fun that we've that's, been having the last right. couple months. That's right. Comicsgate's still doing its thing, still still producing great stuff, still making lots of money and, and giving people something outside of the, the standard Marvel, DC, cape shit universe. Thank God. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, you can find us uh, GatorTime.live and AnimeBoomers.live. GatorTime.live will take you to the YouTube channel for now. I I'm gonna, I'm really gonna sit down and, and make a fucking website for the show. Okay, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna do it. I do have the domain. <laughs> I do actually have the website. I just have to get off my fat ass and actually make it. So that'll probably happen after Anime Matsuri because I don't have time to do it before then. AnimeBoomers.live takes you to our podcast feed, uh, anchor.fm slash AnimeBoomers, where you can listen to this episode on replay. You can listen to our episode with ER as well. We had Mr. Mataker on. We've had Nick Ricada. We've had Yellow Flash. A lot of great folks. A lot of, a lot of fun conversations. Uh, we've had Mamenko on a couple episodes. Uh, <laughs> hope, hope, <laughs> things, hope things go well for him. Hope things go well for him. I, I think him... him uh, Moving this weekend is probably for the best. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if you like this content and you want to support the show, you can subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Gator Gamer. I think we were talking about doing that uh, Chip and Dale watch through of the, of the new film for like a bonus episode. We had a Charge Man Ken episode. Uh, we watched a little bit of it, but it turns out somebody threw the entire Charge Man Ken archive into some like automatic copyright database. So I'll try to see where I can drop that, uh, at least what little I had of that episode still left. And you can also become a member on YouTube. Uh, memberships basically get you the same stuff as Patreon. I've tried to make it so that the two are kind of comparable to each other. So no matter where you support us, you still get the same stuff. I anyway, want to thank John Delarose, Spooky Weeb Trash, and all of you in the chat for tuning into this show. As always... We'll see you next time.